the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wow, it's already Monday? God. I don't know about you, John. This weekend went fast. I guess it was because I was so hyped up for the Razorbacks. That was destroyed quickly. And, and why were you hyped up for the Razorbacks? <laughs> and that destroyed me quickly. And then uh, yesterday, uh, you know, I'm not a big Cowboy fan, but they looked awful good yesterday against New York. I mean, what was the final score? 35-10 or something like that? 17? Right around in there? They had a good... Uh, what's the what's quarterback's name? Uh, Prescott, yeah. He had a good game, man. Really good game, and I got the running back going now. He's willing to carry the football a few times now that he's $90 million richer. Yeah, guess that would make me run faster, too. Could buy yourself a decent pair of running shoes <laughs> out there on the field, $90 million. Holy cow. Anyway, had a great time, and uh, I did not get to go, but I've talked to a lot of people who did go. And they had a great time at the uh, convention center for the uh, Arkansas Comic Con. Yeah, it went well. Uh, everybody I've talked to said that a uh, lot of In fact, I just got done talking to John about it. He was over there. And uh, now this is the kind of guy that John is. He drug his father to it. Did you have to drag your father to it or was it your wife's father? He's looking for a pair of headphones. Just go ahead and talk, man. My niece, who you know is technically my little sister because my parents raised them, because my nephew had a swim meet this week, my niece is now in college, first week in college, she was free this weekend, and she decided not to go to the historic Grambling, Louisiana Tech game because it was outside and hot outside. She convinced my dad to drive three hours to go to the Comic-Con because there was air conditioning. (laughs) Good move. Good You're move. Like it was this. only 100 plus They were going to get weekend. in a line uh, for somebody. He, uh, John didn't tell me who it was, a voice actor or actress, I guess it was. Now, wait a second. Now, this does confuse me. Help me with this. Elizabeth is here. She's sitting across from me. She makes fun of me when I get to this kind of stuff. <laughs> the women in Hollywood now don't want to be called actresses. They want to be called actors is that not correct i mean they they want no differential between the male actors and the female actors so there's no is there no such thing as actress anymore elizabeth has no I, idea I, I, I have no clue but. what how about you john i think it's because you know you don't distinguish a pilot by a male pilot or female pilot with a word for different pilots so an actor is a person who acts. So you have female roles and male roles, of course, but the but it's just the kind of non non denominator, non sequitur. Except thing. 
when they give away the Oscar, and then they have the male, male actors and the female. And the female. But that's not going to last so a lot longer. There's something different. But you there. don't. But they don't say actor. They don't say actress and actor. They say male performer, female performer, oh, okay. male actor, female actor. Okay. That's they're not mm-hmm. saying actress as but much anymore. But even still, that's going to be a problem. Well, what's going to I mean, happen when the male that thinks he's a female uh, yeah. wants to be in the, the female, female performer? Category. I'm just saying. It's going to happen. That's what I'm it saying. It's happen. only a matter of probably yeah. a very short that, time. That's usually when uh, the liberals say, oh, enough of this fairness equals stuff. Enough of it. No more. That's usually what happens. They're not standing up for the athletes any, anymore or whatever. I will say over the weekend as well, I was watching television, and that uh, 19-year-old tennis player knocked off, was it Serena? Serena. That, that he, she knocked off? <laughs> and she's not only, she's like one of the youngest, but she's the first Canadian ever to win the U.S. A? Open. Yeah, A. <laughs> That's what it was, Canadian yeah, they A. Said, they said it was because Meghan Markle was in the crowd, and she soured the whole deal for Serena. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> anyway, I just got to tell you, it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, Serena tried, but this girl was on and, her game. And wasn't it Serena that just had a baby? Like a few months very ago. Very recently? Yeah, just wow. a few months ago. Wow. Yeah. She's trying, you know, she's trying to tie Margaret Court in the most majors. She's one behind Margaret Court. Oh. And let me tell you, in, in uh, female tennis, they want to supplant Margaret Court. Do you know why? I have no idea. Because she is absolutely against same-sex marriage. Oh, well, she She's, absolutely she, must be run out because of town, of, Because of religious reasons. You're not allowed to have that kind and, of opinion. Yeah, Mm-mm. and boy, no. they're just giving her all kinds of hassle about that. So, yeah, Margaret Court, I, rem- <laughs> I remember, do you remember when... Cities had teams, John, and they would play each other in tennis. The world team tennis or something like that it was called. And Yeah, okay. So Indianapolis had a team, and I just so happened to be going to uh, uh, to school, tech school, for um, uh, journalism, radio, and television there at Fort Benjamin Harrison at Fort Ben. And we could get free tickets whenever we wanted to to go watch uh, the the matches. Well, I always went whenever the team that Margaret Court played for showed up. Because we, cause what was cool about this is that you sat really close to the court. And if it was, you know, your home team, you were encouraged to heckle. The other team. And I'm going to tell you, we we were pretty doggone good on heckling Margaret Court. <laughs> we could see the steam rising from her <laughs> collar. And uh, the big players on the Indianapolis team, Vitus Gerolitis, was, uh, was playing for them. And I forget who the woman was that played for uh, Indianapolis. But I th- think it was World Team Tennis. That's what it was called. And, uh, and each team. Each uh, city had their own team. You got, you know, you had New York, and they they played. Uh, I'm trying to think where. I think it was Madison Square Garden they played in. They played there, and and the, you had the, uh, I think the Philadelphia Liberty, if I'm not mistaken. 
It was a lot of fun. That was when I thought tennis was a lot of fun. I, I think the problem with tennis, it's gotten kind of uppity again. You remember that, John, when it used to be, you know, it was a rich person's game and only the rich people played tennis, but it was so much better when Jimmy Connors was out there and and uh, you John had, McEnroe. Yeah, McEnroe <laughs> was out there. Who's the, the first who, bad boy of tennis? Who was it? Well, yeah, there was another guy. I'm trying to think of his name right now. It's before McEnroe, there was from the um, one of the Eastern Bloc uh, countries. Uh, Bjorn Berg. No, 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 not not Bjorn. He's from Sweden. No, this was um, Eli Nastasi. Nasty. Oh yeah, nasty Nastasi. Nasty Nastasi. Yeah, I loved him. Yeah, he didn't put up with any crap either. And I loved it when Connor and McEnroe played. I mean, it was just fun, just fun. That's where Chrissy was out there playing and stuff. It was, it was. They were trying to make it kind of everybody's sport at that time, if you remember correctly. You know, no matter how how poor you were, were or how you know rich you were, uh, everybody should play tennis. And they had they had uh, all kinds of camps in the urban cities and stuff and it was it, it was fun and that's when tennis was just fun and uh, and this wtt that i remember uh that's it that would have been in the late 70s early 80s where you were expected to show up and you were expected to heckle the other <laughs> team how often do you get to heckle you know margaret court for goodness sakes come on I mean, that's like heckling the queen, kind of, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, seriously? Heckling the queen. All right, 16 after. we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Let me tell you about David Lucas, what, he, what he's got going, because it's really important. Because uh, you've got a 96% chance, a 96% chance of losing $111,000 in Social Security benefits. Why? Well, first of all, let me tell you, Bloomberg, says that's possible. And they say it's possible that 96% of Americans, that's you and me, could lose $111,000 in Social Security benefits because we take our benefits at the wrong time. And I understand that. If you take it when you're 72, you're going to lose a lot of money. If you wait until you're 100% vested in, you'll make a lot more money. And if you wait another two or three years, four years, get to you when you're 70, you're going to get even more money. Learn how you can avoid all of this by taking the class Maximizing Social Security with David Lucas. That's happening here in Little Rock. And the two workshops for this month are Tuesday the 24th and Thursday the 26th. And the registration's just $20.00. And the seats are going out. I mean, they're they're being snapped up quickly. If you've saved $250,000 or more, register now by calling 501-653-6690. The workshop reveals little-known strategies that could help you wring every nickel out of your benefits that are rightfully yours. Always remember that. Your Social Security comes to you rightfully because you've paid into it I mean, I've been paying into it for thir- since I was 13 years old, 53 years. So I should be getting a check. Call 501-653-6690 or register online, davidlucasfinancial.com. 
I got to tell you, today's paper was just full, full of stuff to talk about. I mean, seriously. You, know, you look in there, you got a mayor. And in this case, it's uh, Mayor Smith over in North Little Rock, who, what, the 26th of August or something, went to the city mm-hmm. council and asked them for a bond issue for how much? Oh, it was a big amount. Four point nine two five million, right at five million bucks. Five million bucks, and it was all going to be for over at the North Little Rock Airport, if I'm not mistaken. To upgrade and expand. Okay, and now it comes out. Now he's coming back to the city council on their next meeting, which probably is this week, and ask them to vote against it. Whoops! Whoops! I changed my mind. I no, we we decided we don't want to spend the five million, so. What kind of planning is that? I'm sorry, Mayor Smith. I like you. I really like this guy. I really do. But he does stuff like this. And it's like, what are you thinking? You don't go to the city council and ask them to to get you five mil and then turn around two weeks later and say, oh, maybe not. But now he wants 10 million and he wants it for something else. Oh, he wants more money. So he wants, let's get rid of the five mil. And let's raise it to 10. 11. 10.875. It's he the think city's he's, justice he, building. He thinks he's playing what? Uh, Texas Hold'em? I guess he's pick a door. I don't know. <laughs> he, he wants some kind of what? What a, a tear off tabs. That's what he wants. He thinks he's got tear off tabs. Remember those? Yes. He used to buy the cards and I, pull I used the to tabs win those off. sometimes, yes. Yeah, so, you know, that's. I guess that's what he's saying. It's. Uh, that shows me a very large problem with planning yeah (laughs) i mean you've got to be able to plan these projects out ahead of time and you need a lot of time and you just don't go to your city council and two weeks later say oh no never mind that one let's do this instead makes them look bad i mean it makes everybody look bad in north little rock i'm sorry yeah like you don't know what you're doing and we've had calls from people in north little rock i'm just telling you i've had calls Mm -hmm. elizabeth has calls (laughs) yes and uh they wanted us to bring this up and say it's embarrassing and i got to agree with him it's embarrassing so why does he need to go double down from five well, in fact go over double from five to eleven does is it didn't you say something to me about a restaurant well i think the original thing and i haven't got that far in the details here but the thing he's asking for now ten million dollars for police and courts and four point five oh wait no wait 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 here we're talking about four point five million for the airport is he still going to go back on that i can't tell um the current uh, ordinance repeals the ordinance that was passed on august 26 and replaces okay. it with authorization to issue bonds only for the police and courts we're withdrawing the 4.5 million for the airport approval so nothing I mean, for the sorry, airport, airport the rest is for uh, the cops well yeah i guess i'm kind of wondering did he already know about the cops needing all that or did he just come up to it at the last minute what's going on in north little rock yeah it's it that's hard for me to believe that you would not know that your police needed that kind of money i mean that's significant that they're talking about elizabeth's trying to figure this out oh okay so what they passed in august okay was a joint something or other that included both of those items okay so now it looks like he wants to come back i'm reading this as we go okay. he wants to come back and just do the police and fire he's arguing that splitting the two bond issues would cost the city 
<laughs> an extra $30,000. Okay. And it's only to let some council members say they voted against it. What is going on in North Little Rock? Yeah. Yeah. No, and no, now no. they're asking for a special meeting on August 30th to fast track lease agreements with the aviation company for the air. What are they doing? August 30th is passed. Do you live in North Little Rock, folks? Do you know what, your, past what your city 30th. folks are doing? They can't have a meeting well, on August 30th. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, this must be what machine. happened in the past. And then, let's see. This is what he wanted to do at the airport. Um, says he conferred with the city's bond council at that time <laughs> and conceded that he needed to slow things down. When you get in a hurry, you make mistakes. Now, we're talking about the airport again. If you plan ahead and think about what you're doing and you're not operating from the seat of your pants, which is what this sounds like, maybe you could plan and arrange that more you know, more better. Hey, do me a favor, Zach. Can you pick up the phone, get on the horn, call the North Little Rock Mayor's office, tell Joe Smith, Dave Ellswick wants him to come on and explain what the heck's going on. What is he on. doing? Why Why did this happen? Okay, here you go. He's, yeah. The mayor says that tying these two bond issues together, that's the police and fire along with the airport that he wants to do, right? Uh, means that any delay in the project for the airport would also jeopardize moving forward the new Justice Building, and it's scheduled to start construction as early as November. So I guess he felt like he had to separate them out for okay. that reason. Because Lord knows if the Justice Building was delayed just a little bit, Government would come to a screeching halt in North Little Rock. There's a council member that says, <laughs> we are all in agreement. There's never been a question of the Justice Building, but we want to be able to vote separately. Okay, so, so he didn't, okay, there's never been there's a question, never a question, about, question the about the Justice Building, building which but, is the larger of the two. But the other stuff, evidently, there's questions Apparently, there's about a problem that. with the airport bonds. No, okay. So not everybody is in agreement. So they want to... That one you got to read between the lines. Well, I mean, it says <laughs> the city council member, the, the the new ordinance to me, this is her speaking. The new ordinance is a no brainer. I'm glad we get to vote on them separately. It's what we asked for. Okay. So maybe the mayor's trying to do things and kind of go contrary to his council. Well, we'll find they out. Stopped him? We're going to try. We're going to have Zach call over and, and get Joe Smith on the horn, see if he'll join us. Say, tell him he doesn't have to come in. We'll just do it on the phone. No problem. It has something to do with the lease in place or the new lease for the airport so, so the airport's try, a problem we're going to try to the get this all going to try <laughs> to get this straightened out here on the show if we can today and do it before three o'clock if possible inquiring minds want to know yeah yeah dave ellsworth wants to know and i know my listeners want to know and so we'll check into it now when we come back i got bigger heartburn about what the state's doing the highway department on the same page in and the newspaper those of you who are following along that really does have me ticked off the highway department wants to go around and have a bunch of town hall meetings because i've been telling you about this half cent sales tax they want you to pass this has been in play for two years and that uh, they want to put it in uh, so that it never goes away to make it a part of the constitution no yeah, no we're going to talk about that because <laughs> we're going to try to convince yep. you at these town halls look what we'll do for you we're going to fix this bridge we're going to fix it. that road Okay, so you called over to the mayor's office, and they gave you over to his communications director, Nathan what? Nathan Hamilton. Okay, so Nathan, need you to give uh, Zach a call back, and let's set this up so that we can talk about the story in today's paper just below the fold on Section B, because it's not very clear, and... 
you got a lot of people who live over in North Little Rock that are asking me questions, and I can't answer them. But if uh, if the mayor would come on for maybe 15 minutes, he probably could give it all, make it all clear to us. We might not agree with what he's doing, but at least we would understand what's going on. That's the key. And then the other story that we started with uh, just before we went to break, read that headline, if you would, for Sarah Elizabeth. Roads Agency plans 2020 meetings. Sessions across the state will focus on benefits of half percent sales tax. Okay, so what your government wants to do, and I've got to, I'm going to assume, depending, I don't know how many of these town halls they're going to do, but they're 11 of them. 11, okay, so they're going to pay for these. They are going to pay for it? No, we're going to pay for it. Well, you didn't let me finish. All right. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right. They're going to do this. And of course, the way they get to do this is by using taxpayers' money to pay for it. So they're going to use your money to come out to talk to you. And the way they're doing it, they're going to say, see, let us come and talk to you. Let us show you how good. This half cent sales tax that'll be on the uh, November ballot that you can vote into the uh, Constitution of Arkansas. A half cent sales tax that you vote in to the Constitution. Just on that issue alone, I will vote against it. Does not. That it's going into the Constitution. Absolutely. You don't vote a tax into the Constitution. Never. Never, ever. You let you allow your elected representatives take care of that. And if it's got to be done every year, then you do it every year. If you're listening and it doesn't sink in really closely here, think about this. If you put a tax into our Constitution, there really is no way to ever get rid of that tax in the future. Ever. Unless you get another a constitutional amendment, amendment which is almost impossible away. being originated from the people. Yeah. Only the legislature gets what they want into the Constitution and anymore. And that's who had put this particular piece of legislation up. It is the politicians. Because let me tell you what, they don't want to have to come back to you every year and tell you that they once again voted for a half of a percent sales tax. They don't want to do that because they know, guess what? You won't like it. Well, this is the same thing they did with us for Obamacare and the state legislature. We don't want to have to talk about this money every year, so we're just going to, you know, do other things and hide it in other bills and add it to other things and make it permanent. This is going to be hard to fight, though. It was almost, we almost didn't win it, you know, get our way last time. We almost ended up with a tax the last time this yeah. passed through. But now we have the Arkansas Farm Bureau, of course, the state chamber. It's going to be pretty formidable. What happened to those people? What happened to the people that used to be for business and for their cities, not for just taxation? I don't think there are any anymore. They're all for taxation now. I don't think they never have enough. They're never looking at using what we have and figuring out where all. And I still firmly believe there's tons of waste in government. And until they decide to start addressing that, I'm pretty much going to say no on all of this stuff. And when we, I say waste, 
I'm talking about programs that should not be. Well, it's, it's slightly different, but we have a clerk in Faulkner County who has gone in since she was elected this last pass, and she's never been in office before, and she was a business person before that. She has saved our county at least a quarter of a million dollars in the operations of her own office by eliminating duplicative services and other very low-hanging fruit. She just looked around and started saying, well, why are we doing that over here and this over here? And we're duplicating. All, why are we Why are we doing all this on paper when it lands on the computer anyway? Why are we not doing the work on the computer? Very simple stuff. All you have to do, folks, if you're an elected official is look, but you're not doing it. So as a taxpayer, I'm not paying anymore until you start looking to staten out what you've already got from us and spend it better. Or at least show where some of it's being wasted and try to go after that. But don't keep coming back in front of us every time I turn around. Oh, I've got to have more money, got to have more money, got to have more money. And in this case, I'm pretty incensed. They're using our tax money to try to get more money from us. That should just be flatly illegal. Hmm. Well, I got problems. This reminds me of when the state police show up and they send troopers who should be out on the road as far as I'm concerned uh, to the Capitol, and they testify against pieces of legislation. And we're paying for their time, too. Yeah, and, and we're paying for them to come in and try to defeat a bill that perhaps a good portion of the, the citizenry of Arkansas wants passed. So they're fighting against our interests. And if you, if you spend much time, which you do, at the state Capitol, you also know that a lot of the hearings that are held during the workday are sometimes filled with a whole lot of state employees there to support their side of the argument. No, and guess who's paying for it. that, too? Yeah. Because they're supposed to be working, and but they're sitting in those hearings. It is the way that it works, and, and it is the way that it is. But the way that it is needs to be changed. We've got to get some good, conservative, honest people. Notice I didn't say politicians into office who will do what they say they'll do when they run for office yeah, that hasn't nice. happened yet in arkansas we've turned well, red it has. but been it, some that we've there's elected been a few a been very good. few here and there Dan but as Sullivan's a general a rule example sure but as a general rule they say one thing and when they get into office we're going to just do what we want and just keep coming back and asking you for more money you know i can i can name some off the off of my fingertips with dan sullivan and then uh with um uh, Oh, there are Robin some that are still Lundstrom, fighting the fight. And um, I can talk about Kim Hammer. And, and, and they have a hard way to go others. in the legislature, yeah, too, they do. because they're really, really bucking the, the they, stream. They are fighting. They are <laughs> Mixing they're like salmon trying to spawn. They won't like to hear that, <laughs> but they're swimming up. I can see them jumping in my mind now. <laughs> you know, and the big bears are waiting for them to devour <laughs> them, so to speak. But they keep jumping. Just, yeah, and they keep swimming. And they keep swimming. Yeah, they're kind of getting dorified. But we need many more. We Zach need- is the only one who got that. Dorified. I- Gotta keep swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> you know? Finding Nemo there, right? Finding Nemo. <laughs> anyway. Never let it be said that we missed fast. the popular I'm references around you, here. Gotta be fast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I seriously, those, those folks, they work hard. They're bucking against the system. Julie Newberry, uh, Mayberry, another person who bucks against the system. I mean, she's the one came up at the uh, uh, session last year 
think it was Barrett that came up with this idea first, where you take things that you would typically buy for cars and trucks and stuff, and the tax money off of those items you apply towards the roads. Makes sense. Had David Ray on the other day, and you know he's running for election uh, coming up uh, in November as well. And uh, his thing was talking. He wants Doug House's old seat, and uh, he came up and said that he thinks that we need to have a direct line in the state budget for roads. I agree with that. I. 100% agree with that. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. We'll come back. We'll talk more. You want to get in the conversation? 823-0965, 823-0965. And uh, we'll do a real quick check of our Facebook live feed to see if any of you have sent us any messages. If you have, we'll read them when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's on our video. All right, we're back. I uh, hear on the Dave Ellswick Show. What? Somebody doesn't like our video? No, no, no. Oh. I said Judy Garcia, Kim Booker, James Anderson, Harold, I'm sorry, Marabel. They like our video. Good. Yeah. Miss Garcia seems to me she is not from Arkansas. I believe she's the one who told us the other day she's in California. In California watching the show again. So. Good for and you. She said she likes back. that conservative talk out of Arkansas. Good. Glad she likes In Southern it. California or California? I bet she does. Yeah, no kidding. What? I'll send a package, uh, Zach, uh, package up her uh, life jacket <laughs> because I'm sending life jackets <sighs> to all of the conservatives in case they slide off into the ocean. Conservatives get a life jacket. Liberals, not so much. She probably won't hear us say this, but I just have to say happy birthday to Hannah Webb. Oh, Howard. is it Hannah Webb? Miss Howard. Birthday? Mrs. Howard. Okay. And she probably won't hear us, but, you know, and maybe she class. does. She's probably in class. She'll go back and watch it. She's Happy friend birthday, of the show. girl. Happy birthday, Miss Hannah. Yeah. Friend no of the different. show. Yeah, absolutely. All right. About 10 minutes. Uh, we watch somewhat. Not We can't watch us like we would. I'm I'm going to have to put Zach in, into uh, to doing that, where he's going to have to watch when people are making comments. And that means, Zach, you're going to have to read them on the air. <laughs> You, you up for that? I mean, that's the way I got started in broadcasting, not by reading what was on the Internet, because nobody even knew what the Internet was back when I started. I started when dinosaurs still roamed. Now, in 1969, no such thing as the Internet. But, uh, you know, people would send letters. So he would, you know, I would read letters to the guys. So bottom line, look at Zach to do that. So if you, if you um, make a comment, on uh, the Facebook page, Zach's going to be watching for it. And right now, Elizabeth's watching for it. Uh, I just can't watch and talk at the same time. This doesn't work out very well. well. It's not like there's a lot of other things going on that maybe you're not aware of yeah, if you're listening. Yeah, I'm not watching because well, i got a lot more to, to talk for. about. we got a lot to talk about today. Like, who are these yahoos saying that the president should not sit down and negotiate with the Taliban? Should, should, you're you're giving just, those folks credit by talking to them. Let me just let me just say this: If you were President Roosevelt during World War II, would you have sat down 
with some of the head dudes out of Japan and try to talk sense into them before all the senseless killing that occurred during World War II. And I'm talking senseless because the, the Japanese lost their minds. Or talking to Hitler. If you could sit down and talk to Hitler one-on-one, you wouldn't have done it. I would have done it. I see nothing wrong with Trump sitting down to talk with pretty much anybody. And I don't really physically care where they're physically sitting. I'm sorry. That's how many Camp people. David's a Camp perfect David. place to sit down. Well, I was going to say, I remember the Israeli, Palestinian. There's all kinds of people. You're talking about Arafat. Camp David. You're talking about yeah. uh, who was it? Uh, who was the head of the PLO uh, for so long? <sighs> that idiot that took everybody's money and had his own really expensive place to live and stuff. And, Never did anything to help anybody. I'm trying to think of his I know name who you're now. talking about. I don't remember his yeah, name. I can see his face. Yeah, you know, he always walking around with that little, what was it, uh, the, the headband on or whatever. That he, no, yeah, that, I remember he, the head, he had that. Head. He had the hat that he wore. Yeah, he was an idiot. He was an idiot. Well, again, these are folks that don't want Trump to be successful. They don't want our country to be successful. And I suppose that they think that the way to try to work things out is to sit in the corner and not talk to anybody. People dying is, you know, all right. I mean, it makes sense to me that you talk to people to try to stop people dying. Well, and here's another thing. If I, as a citizen, see my president talking several times, let's say, and it doesn't work out, and then we decide for some reason that we have to take military action... I think that's going to go over a lot better with many people if they see that we've tried other avenues and we're not just coming out of the gate, you know, make a glass ashtray, let's get it over with. I think that's a better way. Again, I see I see no problem with trying to talk to people. I don't care who you are. It's better to try to work it out. And it doesn't diminish us and it doesn't give them better standing. That's the thing I've heard all morning. Oh, he's giving them credit and it makes them look good by bringing them into... Well, no. It was Yasser Arafat. It was Arafat. That's yeah. the name. Yeah. Yasser Arafat. But you're, you have now, to. Me, now it's Mahmoud Abbas. Yeah. But He's, if you don't try to talk, you have no chance. And on a bore. I'm just telling you. <laughs> if, like I say, if you don't talk to someone, you have no chance of ever working something out. But guess what? If you talk, there's an outside chance. It might get resolved. My yeah. gosh, we can't allow that. Don't talk to them. I think it's silly to say, sit in the corner, don't talk to anybody. That's nuts. Yeah, I agree. And hello to Colleen Shoemaker. She's on there almost every day telling us hello. No, good to have her on. Definitely for that. Definitely agree to that. Yeah, because I'm sitting here and I'm trying to, I get, um, oh, what was it? I can't get the guy's name. Lost in technology. Yeah, Sadat. Saddam Hussein, that one. Not, not, no, no, no. I'm talking about Mo, uh, Muhammad Anwar Sadat, oh. president of Egypt. Does anybody he, remember that name? He's the one who came to Camp David, and he met, was it was it, was, was it Sharon? I forget for Perez? Who. Shimon Perez? Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, it's been a long time was. ago, Dave. Yeah, that's back in the 70s, man. <sighs> Uh, when those two got together. But I remember that being on television. It was a big deal. Oh, well, yeah, it was, it was a, big a big deal. And where deal. did they meet? At Camp, Camp David. David. Absolutely. You know, interesting. Just kind of interesting. Yeah, just a lot of huge things have happened. Well, and someone said Camp it this David. morning on TV. I don't remember who it was. And they said, you know, 
uh, Trump is willing to talk to anyone, but he's also willing to get up from the table and say, no, I back away. I'm done. And how many times have we seen him do that when he didn't get what he wanted? Well, he backed and away usually from the other this whole thing with the foolish. Taliban because they had the, ex- the, the, the bombs over there, you know, yeah. the explosions. And so he said, no, nah, not the best time to talk after you, you know, being a bad actor. Can't do that. I will Mm-mm. say I'd love to be in his head and know what he thought about. I mean, the timing of this makes me uncomfortable. No, I wouldn't want to be. It's too close to 9-11. Here's here's my whole thing. I wouldn't want to be in Trump's head. There's only enough room for Trump to be in Trump's head. (laughs) Well, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is that he wanted to bring them in here very close to 9-11. And I wonder, he's got some real different ways of negotiating with people. And I'm kind of wondering if he thought he was going to use that as leverage somehow. Which, by the way, let me remind, if, if you're one of those people who want to start sending me letters about... Why are you playing those pieces from nine eleven? They're so terrible. You know, let me just we warn you. We cannot forget. It's coming. I'm going to play them Wednesday. Wednesday. So if you don't like them. Don't listen. You probably don't want to listen. We cannot dang. forget. I remember the lady called me one day. I was doing nine eleven, and she called up and she was so upset about that on the air. Said that she was upset about it. Why would you want us to remember all of that? Because you should never forget if you about don't what happened re- to us. If you don't visit history and learn your history, yeah, guess what? Yeah, 20 years from now, we'll be doing it again. Maybe 50. Because nobody would know. Yeah. I mean, we're coming up on 20 years. Do you realize it's coming up yes. in 20 years yes. now? That's yes. That's incredible. But I tell you what. Somebody should name a TV show that. <laughs> That's incredible. There you go again. <laughs> What's this? Anyway. Oh, man, I got to get. I'm in a strange mood today. I'm just warning I can you. tell. <laughs> I'm in a strange mood today. But, uh, yeah, we come back. We, I want to talk more about this whole thing about Camp David and that somehow the president of the United States, the commander in chief, should not be talking to our enemies. That's just crazy. I mean, it's like how everybody got upset when he was going to talk to Un over there. I want him to talk. And to look these at people. what's happened since. We've you had know? some good stuff come out of yeah. that. You know, and not, he's backed away a couple good, of times. Not too. as good as I want to see it, but but I, it's better I than where want we were. The president to sit down or, or and with Pompeo if he wants him to be by his side or whatever, and to look him in the eye and say, you know, no, we're not we're not kidding here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. Well, it's going to happen which either way, way. Which way you want to do it. <laughs> That's right. And I think he convinces like folks that. pretty much face-to-face a lot of times. I, I really well, do. I think when they look him in the eye, mm-hmm. that, uh, they can see that he's serious. All right. You're kind of like sitting down across from my daddy when I knew I'd done wrong, and I was having to sit in front of him and answer his questions. Didn't like doing that. Just telling you. All right. 8230965501 if you're not in our area code, 501-8230965. Look forward to talking to you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, Jennifer Deseret is going to give us uh, her thoughts here as we get back into the Dave Ellswick Show about Mark Sanford. Now, you remember Mark Sanford, right? He used to be governor. Was it North Carolina? South North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina. He also was a... Uh... And then he took up Argentinian dancing. <laughs> If I were belly, no, was it no, belly no, no, no. dancing? Wasn't no, it, it was hiking. It was hiking. No, it was hiking. <laughs> Argentinian hiking. Well, he tried to tell us it was in Appalachia, but okay. it turned out to be in Venice or wherever. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he was he was rubbing bellies with some babe from Argentina, 
and got caught doing it. <laughs> and uh, how you doing, Jennifer? How's things going? Am, am, am I right on here about uh, about Sanford? Well, you're right on all the pertinent details, except for the fact that it was South Carolina, not North Carolina. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Argentinian thing. That's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. That's what I thought. He got caught rubbing bellies with her. Did did that blow up his... Let's say he he admitted to it. He was not... No one photographed him. Um, The scandal came about because he disappeared from office for five or six days. And reporters noticed that he wasn't in office and started calling around. And his, even his staff said they didn't know where he was. And somebody oh, actually went to his home um, in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, and knocked on the door. And his wife said she didn't know where he was either, and it was Father's Day. So ah. that's how all this came about. And he decided that um, coming clean would be the, the best way to handle the situation. And so he had this um, cringeworthy news conference that you know, went all over the United States, even the people who had no idea where South Carolina is on a map. And, uh, <laughs> so he, he confessed to his indiscretions, and it looked like things were all downhill from there, but somehow he managed to get back into public life, and now he thinks he has a shot at beating Donald Trump. Yeah, it, this is what I'm saying. This is crazy. He honestly thinks he has a shot at derailing the sitting president of the United States. And there's these Democrats that, you know, are running for their party, and they even know that it's a long shot to try to to get a sitting president out of their seat. What is Sanford thinking about here? Is, does, is he channeling Mitt Romney or something? <laughs> no, I'll tell you one thing he's thinking is that he has more than a million dollars sitting in a campaign account that's left over from his last congressional race. And it's just sitting there, and it can be used for any kind of federal race. And he also has a, a team of advisors across the United States. He doesn't identify who they are, but he says people have been connected with him in the past who have been encouraging him to run to, simply to bring the conversation around to the topic that is near and dear to his heart, which is the, the federal debt and the federal deficit, which is something that he says Republicans aren't talking about. And so he says it would be worth it, even if he has to be, in his words, a human pinata for President Trump to beat upon, um, just to get the president to talk about this and hopefully to address this. You know what I would do, Jennifer, if I was the president? I just, just ignore him. Really? I mean, <laughs> just ignore him. What is he going to do? Ignore the man. Is he going to actually try to get on the ballot in some states? Has he said anything about this? Oh, yes. I mean, he's already traveled to to New Hampshire and Iowa and has made inroads there. But um, South Carolina and two other states, I can't recall which ones right now, but two other states have already just said, "Eh, we're not even having a primary. We're we're not even going to give you the shot, but you need to go elsewhere. So um, (laughs) that's unfortunate because South Carolina is where Mr. Sanford's face is. So um, I don't don't know what kind of inroads he'll make, but presumably he thinks he will be involved in some sort of national debate, and he can talk about what he's been talking about for 25 years, which is the um, impending economic storm that is headed our way if we don't um, change our ways. Well, I'll be honest. You know, that's something that needs to be talked about. I agree with that wholeheartedly, no, no doubt about it. But the, the whole thing to think that you're going to hold the president of the United States basically hostage because you're going to challenge him uh, for the, you know, for the 
the GOP nomination, uh, you know, his chances with another Argentina hottie is probably better than that. <laughs> well, um, you, you may be right. I mean, he's, he's a handsome man. He probably has many chances in that department. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, his, his whole argument is that the conversation needs to be had and that nobody is having it right now and that by him entering the race, that he's going to bring attention to it, and he's going to force Joe Wallace and he's going to force Bill Well to talk about it, too. And then maybe um, by some form of osmosis, the president will start talking about it as well and make some changes. So maybe what we'll get is a uh, a Mark Sanford-Joe Walsh debate. What do you think? Ooh. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that will probably really drive the ratings up on whichever cable channel decides to carry it. Well, my money would be on Mr. Walsh. <laughs> I, I don't know that Mr. Sanders, is, um, he, he has many talents, but I'm not certain that he is the strongest debater of the three of them. But I don't know. I, I could be wrong. But I, I will say, in all seriousness, he is an interesting man. And if nothing else, perhaps he can force us to have another conversation, which is, but what is the statute of limitations on sin in the United States? And how many years have to pass before we can let go of somebody's indiscretions? Because right now we're all over the map with that. You know, from Newt Gingrich to, to Bill Clinton yeah. to um, Anthony Weiner. You know, we have different standards for who we let off the hook for their indiscretions. And right now, every interview that Mark Sanford is conducting, brings up Argentina, and I just wonder at what point, if any, in the next six, seven months that that's going to stop. Probably will not. No. To be honest <laughs> with you. Probably won't. Jennifer Graham is our guest. She's from uh, Deseret News, and we're happy to have her on with us. Let's uh, let's finish up here, Jennifer. He knows he doesn't have a chance. People who are in the GOP knows that he doesn't have a chance. It would seem to me, why doesn't is it, wasn't there t- a couple of people that are not running for their seats in the Senate or in the there as uh, senators in the in South Carolina that he could run for one of those seats and then he can really well, have this demonstration this this discussion he wants to have? You would think, right? <laughs> but the problem is is that he's he's up against um, Lindsey Graham who is beloved in South Carolina and by all appearances isn't going anywhere and is also a Trump supporter. And as you know, South Carolina is big into Trump country. It's one of the reasons that um, Mr. Sanford lost his seat last year in a um, primary race against a state House member who was a Trump supporter. Uh, The president came in at the last minute, literally three hours before the polls closed, and tweeted his support for her. And that was kind of all she wrote for Mr. Sanford. So, I mean, it could be argued that he's got a kind of a personal score to settle here, but I don't think it's going to get settled in this race. Okay. Last question for you. I want to move away from what we're talking about and see what you think. This whole thing with Mike Lee and and Mitt Romney trying to derail the president's wall, <laughs> do, they, do they really think that that's going to get keep them on the president's Christmas list? You know, I'm going to leave that to you because I have not interviewed either of those gentlemen, and uh, it's not my area of expertise. Okay. But um, anytime you want to talk about the Appalachian Trail, I am your go-to person. All right. Well, we'll get back together again. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for the invitation. All Let's right. Thank to you. The legend. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye so, now. Jennifer bye. Graham. Here. And the Deseret News is the uh, Salt Lake City newspaper, which is why I suggested you might yeah. ask her about Mike Lee. So anyway, she did. She's she's had, she's handling uh, Appalachia. All right. And I got to tell you what, if you live in Appalachia, you got to be really embarrassed right now that <laughs> Mark Sanford, the uh, the Argentinian uh, hot to trot boy, uh, wants to try to take the place of uh, President Trump. You know, find a way to get back into the politics legitimately. It's called policy you know, choices. Yeah, you know, that's the whole thing. I mean, he he. I saw him on the news, and he said, "But we have to have a conversation about what being we've a had Republican a conversation is. for years. We've old. been having that. The voters told you guys yeah. what we want Republicans to be, and you're not listening. Yeah, okay? you don't listen. All you do is you, we, you we want elected to be back the Republican we wanted the swamp again. Yeah, we elected the Republican we wanted, and we told you what we did. And I thought Mike Lee was not part of the swamp. I'm starting <laughs> to change my mind about that. I when I saw the article, we're talking about Mike Lee and Mitt Romney, who are Utah senators, and I was unaware till I saw it this weekend. They have a, uh, some current legislation on the board on the table to prevent Trump from diverting the money from the Pentagon to build the wall. Now but this is not the first thing they've done, meaning Mike Lee, along with Ms., Mr. Romney, to try to block Trump. I thought Romney, you know, I know who he is, but Mike Lee, I was shocked. Yeah, well, I and think this is the first I, when thing. You say Mike He's Lee, off my list. It it strikes you as solid conservative. And constitutionalist. And maybe oh my gosh. not so much. Maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. His That's loyalty to about. Mr. Romney and to his state or something. I don't understand it. I do not understand if it. If you're it's watching not the Mike this Lee, on uh, Facebook knew. and you're in Utah, give us a call. 501-823-0965. Oh, serious. Yeah, I'm tell serious. Us what we, we, tell we us what we need to know. We get calls from all over the United States anymore. You know, call in and talk to us. Usually California and Florida lead the way. Because kind of desperate. Yeah, well, it's like desperate. Two, it's like the, the the conservative state of Florida versus the liberal state of California calling in from either side. But anyway, phone lines are open. If you're watching, you're uh, you know we uh, we ask you to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you're listening, we want to hear. I'd like to hear from some of our uh, Little Rock listeners about some of this stuff. I mean, we got the the state government's highway department wants to go out use your taxpayers' money to pay for town halls so they can try to tell you, oh, yeah, you know that bridge that you want over here? Hey, how about if we tell you you'll get it, hunt, hunt, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, if you uh, vote in that half-cent sales tax? You should remember what happens about politicians' promises when they stand in front of you and say, oh, we'll take care of all these roads and build all these bridges. Uh Uh-huh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we need to change the way we uh, spend our money on roads. And maybe we need to um, have a little bit of a come-to-Jesus meeting with the department that's laying out all the roads and our state legislators be able to get involved in this a little bit more. Because right now they can't. Right now they basically, their hands are kind of tied. You know, they were supposed to change all that. Remember... And I, I know I'm going to bring up a name, and everybody said, well, Dave, you should have known. Jeremy Hutchinson. Remember a couple of oh, yeah. uh, uh, times ago when the General Assembly was meeting, I had him on my show, and 
he told the uh, highway department uh, and these these um, directors or you know commissars commissars or whatever they call <laughs> them that they they put them in charge of different segments of the state for highway funds that uh, you know he was going to work at changing that and they came to him and said look uh, we'll make the changes uh, don't don't take it to the voters because that's what he was yeah, going to do. Please don't take it to the don't, voters. Don't take it to the voters, and uh, and we'll change. We promise. You know this. Here's what it reminds me of, Zach. It reminds me of um, what's his name who called the the GM a, a cracker. What was it? What, what's his name? Brown. Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown calls him a cracker. They're gonna they're gonna fire him basically. And then he gets in front of the team and says, oh, I really didn't mean I want to play football. And then they they find him $215,000, which got rid of his guaranteed like $29 million. And he says, I ain't playing football for them. You know, this is what it reminds me of, okay? They forget what they say. They all can get contrite and cry big old crocodile tears. And then when they know that uh, it ain't going to happen, suddenly... You know, they're flipping you the bird and saying, screw you. I'm just saying. No skin in the game. That's the way it seems to me. Am I the only one in this state that feels that way? I mean, seriously, I, I definitely feel that way. I can't get anybody from the uh, highway department come on and talk to me anymore. Randy Ort used to come on all the time. I, I can pick up the phone and say, hey, Randy, you want to come over and talk about what's going on? He'd come. He'd come on. He'd call me. And say, I want to come on and talk to the people. These people don't want to talk to you now, except when they're going to have some kind of special town hall to convince you that we'll build the, the frickin' bridge that you want, but we got to vote in this half-cent uh, sales tax increase. Come on, man. Be, see what's out there. Well, they're making it very, you know, very enticing. They're going to have a public comment period, and you can stand up and tell them what you think and participate. And I have never, not once yet, I've been to many of those types of public meetings. You ever meetings. been to those and they're yawning up there? Uh, I've been to many of them. <laughs> I have never seen anything said at any of those public meetings by the public that made it into the final deal. Never. Not once. So, folks, they're going to make you feel good. They're they going to show you pretty pictures. They already know what they're going to they do. They already know what they're going to do. They're just trying to cover it all up and make it look real good. It's a swamp. It's on the state level as well as it is on the federal it level. It still stinks. And the alligators are swimming out there. They just want you to believe they won't bite you if you get up too close to them. Take a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Jack says hi. Hi, Jack. Hi, How Jack. Are you? That's pretty good. He tried to hijack my show. <laughs> good to have you, have you watching, Jack. We appreciate it. All right, Jack uh, here watching us on Facebook. If you... You say hi, we'll say hi back. We're getting all kinds of messages on, per, you know, I'm getting all kinds of texts Somebody today. made, somebody took what I've said a million times and said it again. And that is when they try, it, those, those who want, let me get it, those who do not want to govern, tax. And that's the whole thing about our highways. Mm-hmm. Come up with a plan, a serious plan. And let's do it without taxing the people of Arkansas. That can be done. It probably could be if you really put your mind to it. 
That's right. Political will. If you. That's right. If you want to govern. So that's our friend in Florida says constitutional amendments like that are a cover for legislative cowardice. So, yeah. Those who don't want to govern tax. I'm just telling you. They're saying, well, we need money, Dave. Okay. Prove it to me once by coming and showing me that you've gone to every nook and cranny in state government, all those little pots of money that you all know is sitting around and that you can't do it without even more. Because it's just so much easier just to ask because, you know, the voters roll a lot of times. They don't fight it. We'll have a special election on a secret day and we'll only tell our friends to come vote and want the taxes. We're still in that situation. We're still there. We didn't get that bill passed. We get to have special elections. I bet you money they'll make this highway one a special election. Yeah. No, it's not. It's going to be in it's November. Not. Well, that's different. It's, it, that, <laughs> Never mind. That is one of the uh, uh, politicians. Oh, it will be a constitutional amendment. Constitutional it has to be in November. That are on there. Well, you again, know, it does not belong get, in the Constitution. They need to get 51% of the people to agree to it. And the way they're going to try to agree to it is they're, they're going to use uh, the carrot. They're well, they're going to use your carrot. tax money. They're going to hold up a carrot and say, see this? You can have a bite of it. Your tax money for Except their dog and pony show. just out above your nose there, mm-hmm. so you can never taste it. It's just the way it is, the way it runs. So, so all you can do is say no. Going. It's the right thing to do here. I agree. It, uh, it's very irritating to watch uh, business as usual. After all this time, it is. It's very irritating. Especially when, after the whole Tea Party rose up and we put a bunch of people into office and they promised it wouldn't be business as usual, and the first thing they did was turn around and say, business as usual. Now we're elected. We'll just do as we please. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Got to get a break in. Bottom of the hour means we got to give you... 60 seconds of uh, of news. What will they talk about, Zach? Dorian's gone. My God, Not for, entirely. For all, well, uh, it's still beating Nova Scotia up oh, pretty good talk, yesterday. Are they going to talk? Hey, are they going to talk about Canada? Find out. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> all right, here's what I'm telling Mother Nature right now. I'm throwing it down right here. Don't do it. If you're not going to rain Monday through Friday, don't you dare rain on my weekend. <laughs> No rain Saturday and Sunday. Do not be screwing with my weekend plans, Mother Nature. Stop it. Two days ago, they did say it was going to rain on Saturday, and then they took it out of the forecast. Now it's back, I guess. Stop it. That's all I'll say. All right. Uh, The CEO, I've said, these people are evil. This proves it. I mean, just more, more information that you can have. That proves how evil these people are. The CEO of STEM Express admitted in court Thursday that her biotech company supplies. Hang, did you have lunch today, Zach? <sighs> okay, good. Because if this doesn't make somebody who just ate physically ill, there's something wrong. The CEO of STEM Express admitted in court that her biotech company supplies beating fetal hearts and intact fetal heads to medical researchers. 
She also admitted at the preliminary hearing of David Daladin and Sandra Merritt of the Center for Medical uh, Progress that the baby's head could be procured attached to the baby's body or could be torn away. Quote, that is an especially gruesome admission, but it begs a question. How did they get these fully intact human children? That's Peter Bren of the Thomas More Society, which is representing Daladin at the hearing. If you have a fetus with an intact head and an intact body and intact extremities, that is something that would indicate that child was born alive and then had their organs cut out of them or that that child was the victim of an illegal partial birth abortion. Murder. Unquote. Both gruesome and violent acts. CMPs Daladin and Merritt are charged with 15 felony counts of illegal taping of confidential information in connection with undercover videos they released back in 2015, four years ago. That's the swamp fighting back. After a three-year covert investigation into the buying and selling of baby body parts, which is a felony. The the, uh, covertly recorded videos expose STEM Express as the go-to in California for Planned Parenthood's trafficking in baby body parts. And the biotech company cut its ties with Planned Parenthood shortly after these were released. CMP's legal team is arguing in the preliminary hearing that the law does not consider conversations that can be overheard confidential and that covert recording is allowed when done to investigate violent crimes. Thursday, the court saw video clips of the Stem Express CEO identified as Doe 12, meeting in May 2015 with Daladin and Barrett, who were posing as owners of a biotech company. Doe 12 says in the video there's a great demand for raw <laughs> fetal tissue, quote, unquote, and that the, quote, unquote, quote, insanely fragile neutral or brain tissue is best shipped in a whole skull. Whereupon Daladin says, just make sure the eyes are closed. Yeah, laughs Doe 12. Laughed. Tell the lab techs it's coming. It's almost like they don't want to know what it is. Doe 12 was far less forthcoming in her testimony, as Breen noted. One thing we've observed throughout these proceedings is that these witnesses were much more candid when they spoke to David and Susan on the undercover video (laughs) than they are on the stand. However, we've been able to establish certain facts that are important through their testimony, and when they deviate from the video, we've been able to use the video to show that they're not telling the truth on the stand. That's important to show that the Attorney General is using witnesses who are willing to stretch the truth and on our side is exposing the truth. Brain told the court that STEM Express was mentioned in connection with Stanford University studies where Langendorf 
perfusion was used, a technique that requires a beating heart. The Stem Extra Express supply fetal hearts to Stanford, he asked Doe 12. She hesitated to answer because she said, there's so much targeting of researchers, unquote. However, Judge Christopher Height told her the question was relevant. Yes, we've provided heart tissue to Stanford. What does that tell you? It was a beating heart because Stanford only takes beating hearts. He also admitted that CMP photos are accurate and sometimes a baby's intact skull is attached to the baby's body and sometimes it is not. In another key exchange, Doe 12 testified that her company requests that parties sign a non-disclosure agreement or NDA before discussing business. So while Doe 12 met with Daladin and Merritt in late May, the NDA for the meeting was signed in late June. That according to an email from STEM hmm. Express, the CMTP that Bren produced in court. Nor was Doe 12 able to produce evidence the NDA had been sent to Daladin and Merritt before the meeting. Hmm. Quote, after talking about how important an NDA is, the only evidence in the record is that the NDA was not sent out until a month after this supposedly highly confidential meeting took place. So that was a really significant point. That's why there was so much argument on it, he said. At the same time, the statute is clear. If there is a reasonable expectation that the conversation can be overheard, then it doesn't count as a confidential conversation. So our contention is, if you're sitting at a restaurant with wait staff around you, and coming and going as they please, you can be overheard. That's a clear exception to the statute. Brian also quizzed uh, Doe 12 about the Planned Parenthood consent form that STEM Express used in 2015. Former STEM Express technician Holly O'Donnell supplied the Planned Parenthood consent form to CMP. She also is featured in two CMP videos describing in graphic detail the process of sorting through dismembered arms and legs of aborted babies. The form states that there will be no changes to the abortion procedure because of the decision to donate blood or fetal tissue. When Doe 12 said she couldn't recall what the form said, Wren played for the court a portion of the videotape where she bragged about memorizing the PP consent uh-huh. form down to the control numbers. Uh-huh. Though 12 also told the court she couldn't recall what the current STEM Express consent form stipulates, she wouldn't admit that patients are not told their abortion procedures could be changed, but we know it to be true. So we're using the videos to be able to show these people are not being straight with the court, and so you shouldn't believe them with anything they're saying. The hearing resumes Tomorrow, and Doe 12 returns next week to complete her testimony. So the question is, obviously we want the lawsuit to go a certain way, Mm -hmm. but will they come back later and prosecute these folks for perjury? That'd be interesting. They should. Well, yeah. Pretty clear. It's going to be very interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's disgusting, Dave. It's gross. Let me just tell everybody. Don't expect, if you happen to watch ABC, NBC, or CBS tonight, that they're going to do a four-minute segment on this trial. 
and that they're going to just tell you what I just told you. It won't even be mentioned. It won't be mentioned. At all. It's not going to happen. Probably don't even know the trial. You know, if you listen to those channels, you wouldn't even know so there's a trial going, going on. on. That's exactly right. And you'll not hear it on MSNBC, and you're not going to hear it on the other stations. I, To be honest with you, I don't even know if Fox News will mention this. The way they've been lately? Possibly or probably not. We'll have to see what you know, happens. You know their latest thing. Hey, on Shep. Shep. Big story here. Might want to bring it up on uh, Fox News this afternoon sometime. Or the five. Hey, you all there at five. Want to bring out? You want to bring this testimony out? Let people know about it? Start making it into a national story? That's be a real what needs journalist. to be done. Yeah. Be a real journalist and tell the actual facts yeah, about the news. Yeah, what's going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know, Fox, these days, what they say is, well, we want to give all viewpoints so our viewers don't have to switch channels. That's their newest stick. That's fine. Go right ahead. Give me both sides of this. Oh, no. What they mean is we'll only give you the one side we want you to hear. It's called propaganda. Do me a favor. At least admit that the the trial is going. Yeah, this was a big thing when these folks were arrested. I remember. This is not even the trial. This is the preliminary hearing. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll drag on for a good while. Very important things are coming out in it. Really important things. All right, a break. Dave Ellswick Show. We got more to talk about. Don't worry. I haven't run out yet. We got more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So, what was Hamilton's first name? Guy from over in North Little Rock uh, Mayor's place. Nathan. Nathan. Has he called you yet? Not yet. So, what's that? What's up about this, Nathan? We want you to call. We want. Mayor Smith to come on the show and talk about why he went to city council, got him to okay uh, like a $5 million bond and comes back three weeks later and said, no, no, let's not do that. Let's, uh, let's do a $10 million bond. And then we want to split some things apart. And uh, yeah, I got the walnut shells moving really fast here. Where's the P? Where's the P? I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, We'd like the mayor to come on. We've had a lot of calls from North Little Rock asking if the mayor would come on and clarify what, in effect, is a pretty muddy story on the front page of the local section of the Demgas today. So we're waiting for Nathan to give us a ring and and tell us uh, about it. So let me ask, he's come in, the legend, too. Yeah, I'm legend one. He's a legend two. He is a uh, legal professor at the Bowen School of Law. Bigger than that, he is a conservative through and through. Robert Steinbach is here. All his opinions are his and his alone do not necessarily reflect those of the Bowen School of Law or UALR. And I can probably attest to that without any stretch of the imagination. And he looks, he, he does like look really in a great mood, so don't cross him today. I'm just warning you, don't cross him. He's so, serious. Somebody told me I have a resting bee face. Have you heard about that? <laughs> I, and my, my response to that was, it ain't only resting. <laughs> Good let job. Let me let you know a little secret. It's all the time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Resting. <laughs> How about active bee face? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my. Why and why and everybody says, Dave, why has your show been here for almost twenty years? 
That is a perfect example why it's been here almost 20 years. Absolutely. That and me calling out Sanford, former governor of, San, of South Carolina, for being an Argentinian, you know, flamingo buddy rubber. He's a professional flamingo dancer. <laughs> He's a professional flamingo dancer yeah. who wants to be president. And rubs, but, you know, bellies It was tango, dancers. Rob. It was oh, tango, tango, not flamingo. Right. It was tango. tango. Let's get this right. If you're going to rub a belly, you might as well rub a belly of a dancer. That's what I say. And hey, I'm be, all right. And it's got to be a flaming flamingo dancer. <laughs> That's... The other thing. I think I had one of those at the bar last night. Right. <laughs> Flaming There was Flamingo. a special. Yeah, it was a special. Special two for one, huh? That's right. All right. Like so that. did Sandford right before he took that hike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> That's right. I can't believe the guy. I, I just cannot believe the guy is trying to Listen, come back. Listen, I think in. it's great, Dave. You, you, I think you guys have missed the point. No, what's the point? Yeah. Here's, here's the point why, why, why it's great. So, you know, people say... Trump, he's kind of out there. He's kind of, uh, he's quite unconventional. This guy makes Trump look middle of the road. No, he does. You got a point. (laughs) You got a point. I mean, the guy flies off to a foreign country, tells his staff he's he's out on a hike, and this guy wants to be president, and he's saying the president is crazy? Yeah. And then, and the the media shows up at his house, and they're asking his wife where he's at. I don't know. I actually feel sorry for his wife. Yeah, I do too. I do. Did you know that you were marrying somebody that nuts? I don't no. think he's she's his wife anymore, right? No, no. she's not. <laughs> no. No, he's yeah, been she, divorced she got for smart a while. quick. Right. I just want to know what happened to the dancer. Hey, they were amazed when, uh, didn't he win the congressional yes. seat? Yes, yes. he, he came back, he came back and ran and got, and got reelected. But yeah. then he got After, unelected. And then he got unelected. <laughs> because he didn't do anything there either. Well, he's looking for a job now. Right? Except so. they was hanging out by the U.N. and well, about the Argentinian section. It's really something when you see... Uh, Fox News Sunday, um, who's the host? He's laughing, Wallace. basically snickering, going, "You're you're going to run against you're going to run against but Trump." That, yeah, it was funny. That is going to be a great debate. Mark Sanford and Joe Walsh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> liar, liar, liar. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> liar, liar, liar. That's what Walsh will do. Yeah. Well, I, I I love that song that he did. Oh, not the same joke. No, no not that song. <laughs> I got. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got confused. Well, the smoker you get. Uh, the uh, player you get. Yeah. The smoke. Yeah. How does that go? The player you I get is know. the end of the line. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Way. It was a good song. Life's been good. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think. I Sanford's think. had too many Rocky Mountain oysters, yeah. but that's another story. <laughs> I don't know. Yuck! Mm-hmm. But we have to have a conversation about what it means to be a Republican. Mm-hmm. And see, I said this earlier. We've already had that. We elected one. We mm-hmm. told you guys what we wanted. You, you know, didn't listen. You know who's We're not doing it this. again. I'm going to tell not you to have a conversation. It. We're just going to vote. That, Ed, that idiot from the Weekly Standard is behind Bill us. Crystal. Bill Crystal. He has lost it. <laughs> He's I mean, been lost it for a long but time. But I mean, he's really lost it now. The what do you call it? TDS is really rotting his brain. Yeah. He the problem with Bill Crystal is everybody thought him uh, sort of a, a pundit, and of course Trump and Trump's orbit did not, and he didn't like it. So. Yeah, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. You're true. He didn't like I, it. That's true. Right. Trump didn't listen to him at no. all. And he didn't like it. And he didn't like it. And right. so he, he said, I'm going to stop Trump by myself. Right. You do not stop an M, stop an unstoppable force. Well, but guys, like, well, it's, it's like the Scaramooch. The Mooch. Oh, the Mooch. No, no one even knew. No one even knew. No one even knew the name outside of New York until, uh, you know. Until Trump mentioned it. Until Trump mentioned it and he got... 
in that position, and now look at him. Well, you you remember when um, Demooch got himself <laughs> that position for an hour and a half in the White House, and <laughs> he comes and goes. Oh, you know, uh, the president. I saw him throw this uh, really powerful spiral football, and uh, you know, he could knock out a whale with a punch, uh, and he uh, and he's like kissing to the camera, uh, and of, th- at that point, it was abundantly clear this guy was a hack, right? He's a kiss-up. And so when he's in good with Trump, he, Trump walks on water. Listen, I'm a, I, I, I'm a strong and early supporter of President Trump. You know that, Dave. Yep. But I, I, I don't think he is... He's the, not perfect. He's not he's perfect. Not, he's not the Messiah. He's a no. human being, okay? Right. And uh, so um, when the mooch was talking about him like, oh, well, you know, he turned some water into wine and he was walking on uh, Lake Tiberias, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I thought it uh, uh, a little odd to say the least. And then, of course, he does a complete 180, right? Because there's no there there when it comes to You're the You're exactly right. right? It's, and he even admitted, he, he said, well, the president was mad at me uh, when I was initially supporting somebody else. And I said, Mr. President, you weren't in the race then and I needed to support somebody. <laughs> well, by the way, why did you need to support? Why? Because you want to suck on the teat of power, right? That's why. Exactly he's, right. He's a sycophant. But can he do the fandango? Uh, yeah, can, maybe. He's, you know, Scaramouche, Scaramouche. Yeah. Can you do the fandango? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's trying to he's do trying. it over on MSNBC. Now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, he's looking, hey, he's looking like a fool. Yeah. He's looking like that's the thing. He's lost all his you know attention that he was getting, and he that's can't right. take it. There's that's what no it is. He's credibility there at all, of course. Who has any credibility at MSNBC anyway? All right, a break, and then we'll come back. And then we got, I got to get go, to Rob. one question uh, saw, that we, we want to Robert Steinbach to answer a legal question about how the federal government is trying to get information, I think, from Apple and Facebook. And Facebook, yeah, uh, about uh, an app that's out there, maybe Google and Apple. And they don't want it just on the bad guys. Googling they it. want it on everybody. Yeah. And I want to talk to him about it's like the this NSA. when we we'll come just back. We'll scoop up everything yeah. and it won't really matter. And I'm well, we'll really talk about it when alarmed. we continue. It's uh, time to get to the news, top of the hour news. This time we'll give you five minutes, and hopefully they will not mention Dorian to you. It's Dave Elzick Show, back and more. All right. Coming back. Okay. Now, wait. We just heard something here. Breaking news. Sarah Palin is breaking up with her husband? I don't know. There was something on the, on the Twitter. On the Twitter? Mm-hmm. Or Twitter, okay. as they call it. We have to find out. <laughs> I have to see about that. I want more. I want more information. Got to have information on that. Got to know. Maybe your, I, there's your I need, to, I need to call other talk show hosts in this market. They'll know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. It says her husband filed for divorce. Oh, he filed her for divorce? Her husband filed for divorce? Husband, yeah. Oh. Does it say Why? Well, I haven't opened the link yet. Lack of, you know, lack of affection. She's in love with running for office or something. I don't know. She hadn't done any of that no, for a long time. No, she has been out of the political for field for a long time. Oh, here it comes. They said they find it impossible to live together as husband and wife. Wow. Incap- Irrecyclable. Irres- what is it called? Irreconcilable. Irreconcilable differences. But it says incompatibility of temperaments. If you want to get divorced, they can figure out some way to get you divorced. That's what it comes down to. We just don't want to get along. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry to hear that. 
No, they've really had a lot that. of trouble in their family. I well, mean, truly, well, they've, gone they've had a lot, lot of trouble. Crap. And they've no gone through a lot of that. crap that wasn't brought, but their they've had a lot of internal trouble. Their daughter, their son, all the trouble. They've had a lot of trouble. Yeah. So anyway. It's not good. No, that's not good. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. Yeah. I wanted uh, Elizabeth to stay here just for a, a few moments longer because she needs to get back on the road, head back to uh, her husband over in Conway. And she'll, if she's not there by about quarter to five, <laughs> he'll start worrying. So anyway, <laughs> what I wanted to have her talk. There's an interesting story about the federal government trying to put an arm bar on Google and Apple about a rifle scope app. Can you bring us up on this, Elizabeth? You've got the story by you. This is this is from Forbes, and uh, starts out, it says, own a rifle, got a scope. The U.S. government might soon know who you are, where you live, and how to reach you. The name of the app is Obsidian, and okay. it's a smartphone app that's made to you know help you operate a special scope for rifles. Now, this sounds like it. it of course, if you're Black Lives Matter or Antifa, the name Obsidian will tell you that this is a racist company because Obsidian is all about blackness. I don't even know what Obsidian is. Well, it's Obsidian a, is a that's tool. volcanic rock. Oh, I see. It's yeah. pure black. And it's I see. solid black. It's a tool. This, this Obsidian 4 is a tool used to control rifle scopes made by Night Vision Specialist American Technologies Network Corporation. This app allows gun owners to do a live stream, take video, and calibrate their gun scopes from iPhones or Androids. Okay. So the government is interested because it is being used in a bad way overseas, mostly. How in a bad way? Are they saying what this bad way is? Are they able to zoom in on, you know, some high uppity up politician or something? I hadn't seen, I saw two or three articles on this. I hadn't seen, I couldn't figure out exactly. Here's some more data. The Immigration and Customs Enforcement Department, ICE, is seeking this is seeking information. We haven't got to that yet. It's a broad investigation into possible breaches of weapons exporting. Okay. Okay, and that's that's as close to anything as I could get. I couldn't find any more details. But what they've done now is they've gone to Apple and Google and said, "Okay, we want all the information on everybody who's downloaded this app everywhere in the world." And they know at least through I think it was the Apple store that it's at least 10,000 downloads. And so you don't know whether these are good or bad oh, actors. No. It's just somebody who bought the scope and is using the app. They want all the data for everybody who uses the app. Does that bother app. you, Mr. Uh, Steinbach? I'm, I'm generally bothered. <laughs> <laughs> you and me. Yeah, right. I stay bothered. At the outset. And then I'm even more bothered when government is trying to look uh, over my shoulder and here's a fundamental difference between mm. Democrats and Republicans today. And this hasn't always been the case, right? But Republicans want, excuse me, well, I could start either way, but Democrats want government intruding in your lives as long as they like for the things in which they're intruding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Republicans, for the most part, and there's, there's some gradations here, are skeptical of government intrusion in your lives 
in any form. And of course, you know, you'll hear the leftists then say, well, that's not true. They, they, they want um, the, the government in the bedroom because they're, they're anti-abortion. They're in my uterus. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's not, that is a fundamental lack of nuance and understanding when it comes to even the basic conservative position when it comes to abortion. Are you sure so, it's not deliberate overstatement yeah, for purposes well, of know. political if reasoning? <laughs> if you don't, if you don't want the government um, involved in your life doesn't mean that you don't want the government involved in a third person's life. And I understand that the leftists are unwilling to acknowledge that the day before a baby's born, it's a baby. Okay? And I say the day before, Dave, because I know you're going to say, well, but go back further. I, I, at, the, at the moment, just for the point of this argument, I don't want to go back further because yeah. they, can't, they can't acknowledge it uh, ten minutes, you know, the, the the mother's on the way. She's in the yellow cab. Are there still yellow cabs? She's in the yellow yes, cab on the way to the hospital. <laughs> She's having contractions, and you're like, oh, so you're carrying a sack of potatoes? Maybe in twenty minutes it'll be a baby. Yeah. So it's just this kind of silliness. Uh, and and Republicans, for the most part, are have properly come to the understanding that government has a role, but government overreach is the single most dangerous. Uh, phenomenon that can exist in a country because there's nothing that has power equal to the government. And if, if you allow the government to grow, it will take every inch and then three more miles. And Just all ask, of the oxygen along with well, it. Well, ask Obama. He literally weaponized every agency we have. We could spend an hour. He did. Everything. Everything turned around and used okay, against you us. Said you said you had I got a point. little bit more information. This comes from the government paperwork, the order where they asked for the information. It's a quote. This pattern of unlawful attempted exports of this rifle scope in combination with the manner in which the app is paired supports the conclusion that the information we request will assist the government in identifying networks engaged in unlawful export of the scope. Through identification of end users located in countries where the export is restricted. Well, it's not restricted in the United States. Then it says, and this is the article itself, Forbes, it is unclear just whom ICE is investigating. No public charges have been filed related to the company that makes it or the resellers of the weapons tools. I mean, is this- Reports online say the scopes are being used by the Taliban. Well, I was just going to say. So why are they targeting the United States? Well, is the, Tal- is the Taliban making the app is, or is it ISIS? No, it's I mean, the company. That, uh, it's this company, well, uh, Technology all, Corporation. Are, are they financed by ISIS or no, something? No, they're just a company, best I can tell. Okay. It's, uh, just, it's just a, it's a story the scope maker. to be watched, it sounds like to me. Well, it's that no overreach. More. It's what NSA is doing. We'll just suck up everything, everything, we on everybody. Because so we, we can't. Just because right. they can doesn't mean they should. I will let you get on on Now my heart's Nas- beating real fast, and I go out there and handle the traffic. Get on there on NASCAR, the NASCAR Highway, I-40 westbound. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, let them get out there and just, you know, uh, be right there, tailgate all the way between uh-uh. Little Rock and uh-uh. Conway. No, I back away from everybody. I really do. I'm constantly backing well, away, no, staying can, away. You slow down, everybody back behind you are going fast. They come right up on your oh, tail Oh, they'll just end. go around you. That's what's going on. Hey, here's, a, here's a game to play the next time you're between Conway and Rock. Do yeah. the speed limit. Not me. 
I did that one day. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> now that's a hint. You. I did that one day. Not anymore. Every car on the road all the way back past me. Oh, I'm sure. Every single car. It's 70 out there, but really it's 70 80. is not the speed they 80, drive. 85. All right. At least. Quick break. When we come back, we got a lot more to talk about. Like, the stop- pre- Should the president talk to the Taliban? I mean, he's just a commander in chief. Why should he talk to the Taliban? Taliban. We'll talk about it when we get back. All right, back. Dave Ellswick Show. Dr. Robert Steinbach is in my studio. Good to have him with us today. And uh, we're having some problems with Facebook right now. We're working on it. So stick around, and uh, we'll try to get back. For you listening, no big deal. But for those who are watching, they're not seeing anything on their screen right now. Robert, when did it become illegal for the president to speak to the people who are the enemies of our country? I mean, Roosevelt would talk to the Japanese. Dave, I must concede that this has been a problem for both the left and the right, for both Republicans and liberals in terms of blaming the other guy if they said they were going to speak to an enemy. Oh, you can't speak to an enemy unless you negotiate this or unless you leverage that. And the answer is whatever. Whatever the then president, the then administration believes is the appropriate way to interact with any particular adversary is within the realm of possibility. By that, I don't mean... That I necessarily agree if somebody, if Obama says, I want to talk to Iran without any preconditions. I'm not saying I disagree, but you can ha- you can say, I don't think that was a good idea or that's a good idea. But the notion that we have a blanket rule that says you can't talk to enemies unless X, Y, Z, it's nonsense, right? And And I point this out to say both sides have politicized this. So the the Dems now, oh, he was talking to the bad guys. He can talk to the bad guys, and he can try to make a deal, and he can scuttle a deal, and he can make a good deal, or he theoretically can make a bad deal. The Iran deal was a bad deal, for example. So the notion that you interact with the bad guys, uh, and and that's when when it's your uh, opposition party, when it's the opposition party doing it, and it's bad, and when your party does it, it's good, is an infirmity, unfortunately, that both parties in the U.S. Uh, at the pres- at the executive level in the United States, in the federal government, has suffered from. It's 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 unfortunate. No, I mean, I understand why he's talking to the Taliban, and he wasn't just talking to them. He was bringing the Taliban to Camp David, and he was bringing the president of Afghanistan to Camp David. I have no idea what the terms they were tentatively talking about were, but of course, you've got to talk to all those parties if you're going to try to work something out. But it doesn't mean you can, and by the way, it doesn't mean that you like them, because you have to talk to your enemies if you want to resolve a dispute not your friends you I mean, can talk like, to your friends too of course like when jimmy carter brought sadat and begin together right, and kept it right right now neither were the enemies of the u.s but they were the enemies of each other that's for sure and yes well, i would say that 
Egypt wasn't considered a friend That's only true. because no, they were, they were an enemy of Israel. Right, they were not a friend, but they weren't perhaps quite... Uh, well, the they're end. not like right. the Taliban. Right. I mean, I agree but by the that. way, you raise an interesting point, Dave, when you say, well, Egypt wasn't quite a friend because they weren't friends with our close friend and ally, Israel. Right. Don't you wish... Now, of course, you know that Jimmy Carter um, is a Democrat, yeah. Mind you, we've learned a lot about his antipathy towards Israel after his presidency was over. Well, he's written copious amounts about how he supports Palestinian uh, ideas. That's right. Uh, and just now you heard Beto come out and say that he agrees with Bernie, Beto and Bernie. Wasn't that, wasn't that a talk show host in the 80s, the Beto and Bernie show? That Beto and Bernie uh, come out and said, we should leverage... Israel to do what we want them to do. Leverage. Them. Leverage. Leverage. Tell should, me. Should we you, leverage Germany? Right. Well, do you, do you go home, you leverage your wife? Do you leverage your friends? You tell me, you know, I'm going to leverage you to do this. But that's the thing. Let me make it. But Beto can say that about right. Israel, but right. you couldn't say that about England. No. No. This is the point, Dave. Don't kid yourself. And this was a point the president made. And he got scoffed at, by the way. And here it comes. Wait for it. Wait for it. If you are a supporter of Israel, and who is that? That should be every Jew, because the Bible says that that land was given to... God's land. Yeah, God's land was given to the Jews and their descendants. That's any Jew alive today. Okay? And anybody who is a religious, observant Christian who recognizes yep. the role of Jews in uh, the overall... Go ahead. Look behind me. Yeah. That's why there's an Israeli right. flag flying in my studio. That's right. So when, when, when Trump says, well, you know, that might be a, a sense of disloyalty or something. I, I don't remember the exact language, but that was the notion. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's being anti-Semitic. Wait, 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 wait. He's being anti-Semitic by saying that Jews should support the idea that is written in the Bible that the land of Israel was given to the Israelites and all of their descendants? Is, is that the disloyalty? It doesn't say, that doesn't mean you shouldn't uh, obey the law of the U.S. It, sh it doesn't mean you're not a citizen of the U.S. It doesn't mean that your first political and military uh, allegiance is to the U.S. Because all of those things are true for virtually all or all Jews in America. But it means you also have to recognize that the existence of Israel as a Jewish state in this world is mandated, mandated by God. And that's who you answer to in the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Period. I mean, we make the statement in the Christian community that we're not of this world. And that's very true. We're not of this world. I'm not of this kingdom. I'm of Christ's kingdom. All right. I happen to reside in the United States right now. And so to sum this all up, if you think that the Dems are friends of Israel, just look at what's going on. Look at Beto's comments. Look at how Obama treated Netanyahu throughout his presidency. Look at uh, um, 
Bernie's comments. These are not friends. No. This is not what friends do. And if you subscribe to the biblical obligation that the land of Israel was given by God to to the Jews and shall remain a Jewish nation, then that's antithetical to the claims made by the Democrats now. Why? Let me make this clear. Because you don't leverage the word of God. You don't leverage Some that. people try. They try. Well, Pete Buttigieg is a good example now. He's trying to leverage oh, the word. Oh, yeah. Of, oh, well, don't you know that the Bible prohibits pollution? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't like pollution. I don't like when people... The Bible says we should be good stewards. That's right. That's right. But his version of the Bible saying we should be good stewards of our land, good stewards of our bodies, by the way, uh, is his his answer is you got to drive an electric car. Wait, what? Wait, what? All right. We got to take a break. We got news. Then we'll be back. Hillary is back in the news. Oh, boy. All right. Let's continue back into the show here on the uh, the Dave Ellsworth. Robert, try to explain something to me. A federal judge in Oakland, California, has restored a nationwide injunction against President Donald Trump's new asylum restrictions while the Supreme Court considers whether the policy can take effect on an interim basis. Why should the rest of the country have to listen to some idiot out in Oakland, California? This is a very good question, actually, Dave. The... Right now, under federal law, if the federal government is a party to an action, typically a defendant, and since the federal government exists everywhere in the country, obviously, a federal judge could order that defendant to behave in a particular way everywhere. So usually, if you and I are in a lawsuit, the judge can say, Dave Ellswick, you can't Uh, go over and tear up Rob Steinbuck's lawn any longer because you're a party to the lawsuit. So the unique characteristic of the federal government being everywhere is what allows federal trial judges to, to issue what's called nationwide injunctions. But it opens a real philosophical debate. One that I've had, that I've discussed with uh, federal judges, in fact, who, even though they, recognize under the law today this is the case that federal courts can enjoin the federal government in its entirety even they to their credit recognize this is actually kind of a big issue and it's one that might need either resolution by the supreme court or a statute a law passed by congress i don't know what the pro- offhand the proper way to address it is but it is a problem uh, it should not be that if you go in to enjoin something happening in California, that you get to essentially enjoin it everywhere in the United States. Now, the flip side is, well, what happens if you're if you're dealing with immigration? It it exists everywhere. Well, guess what? Then you've got to go to the various federal jurisdictions within this country and get orders from each of them. Is the alternative theory? Let's be clear. Right now, you need to go to one court. And the federal courts can enjoin the entire federal government. One sort of related 
way to address it is to give expedited review straight to the Supreme Court. Because obviously, Supreme Court sits over all courts. Right. It's national. But like you say, the District Court of Oakland or whatever it is, is just in charge of Oakland, right? We have here, we're in the Eastern District of Arkansas, and there's a Western District of Arkansas. It's not even the whole state. And so why should a judge in a district be able to control everything in the country? And one way, another, like I said, a second way to resolve it is to somehow expedite the appeal straight to the Supreme Court, although Supreme Court appeals are always discretionary, on this issue of nationwide injunctions. Yeah, because the Supreme Court does not necessarily have to answer. If they send it back to the court, then whatever the court ruled stands. Correct? That's exactly right. And there's no automatic right of appeal to the Supreme Court. You can always appeal to that intermediate court. No, no, it's the Court of Appeals. For us, that's Eighth Circuit. And it's geographic. It's kind of this band for the Eighth Circuit from north to south. But it should just cover that geography, right? But again, same thing. If the if the defendant is the federal government, well, you enjoin the defendant. You've enjoined everything across the country. You're right to, to be puzzled by it. It is a legal conundrum that the way it stands now is problematic. So... It either has to be resolved by somehow restricting a district court from having such nationwide authority or maybe and or, but at least or providing a means for review by the Supreme Court more quickly. Because it seems to me that if some judge can make this determination and stop everything right. and the, the wheels stop turning, right. then he's like king. Right. Right. And that's people say, well, judges, that's what they do. Right. But it's different when you're controlling what the entire federal government does. I'm not saying a a court can't enjoin the federal government. Right. That's the whole. They can. Right. Notion of judicial review. But the notion that one uh, geographic location, right, Pittsburgh can control. I'm just picking a random place, of course, can control the federal government nationwide. Uh, is problematic. And so I think we do need, and there's been some scholarly literature written on this issue already. I think we do need to address this to to change the way it happens. All right. One more question, legal question. Yeah. One American News Network, that's O-A-N-N. Have you heard of them? No. Okay. They are a cable news network. I, I believe that, uh, oh, the guy uh, that used to be in Reagan, who used to work for Reagan and does a talk show now. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head mm-hmm. here. Anyway, they have filed a $10 million defamation lawsuit against MSNBC's Rachel Maddow. Uh, the American News Network is suing Maddow of MSNBC and NBC Universal for defamation, alleging that Maddow, quote, maliciously and recklessly, unquote, went after the network by suggesting it is a Russian state propaganda outlet, according to law and crime. Maddow said, said that one American news network, quote, this is, quote, her exact words, really, literally, is Russian propaganda, unquote, on the Rachel Maddow show in July. Uh, Maddow's comment was based on the Daily Beast article stating 
One American News Network's Christian Rose is a Russian national on the payroll of the Kremlin's official propaganda outlet, Sputnik. OANN demanded retraction from the Daily Beast reporter Matt Au on July 29th. This is a vile, sensationalistic reporting, said Skip Miller, lawyer for OANN. These defamatory statements must be retracted immediately. One American News Network has no connection to the Russian government or any other government, no connection whatsoever, financial or otherwise. So, do they have any? Do you think they well, have they might, any standing on right, that? They, they might have have a claim because, first of all, an organization can be defamed. It's not just a person, right? And she's got to have some basis for her claim. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty strong, right? They really, literally, are a Russian, are Russian propaganda, mm-hmm. and that this lady is a Russian national on the payroll of the Kremlin's official propaganda outlet, Sputnik. Sputnik. Or Sputnik. Mm-hmm. What's that? That's a problem. That's a problem. You may be, I think MSNBC and NBC might be wanting to settle this out of court for a little less money. Well, if, if these folks are willing to do it. I take them to the mats. Indeed. You know, Kim Hammer introduced a bill here in Arkansas, the modified, in fact, at the request, essentially, with Dave, um, with Dave, with Bob Ballinger, uh, and came up with a more limited bill that de- dealt with defamatory comments in the press and the media, and got a lot of pushback. And here's my question to you: If a news reporting organization knowingly defames somebody, should they not be responsible? And of course, defamation law would hold them responsible, but it's a hard, it's a high bar to chin. And the example that Kim had used was, of course, the Catholic boys in D.C. when the press tore them apart, said they were being aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear? Remember, was it? I forget the, the uh, reporter's name. I think it was ABC. I don't remember. It was one of the big three. Th- one of the big three. And she said, well, uh, G- Guthrie, Guthrie, you know who I'm talking about? That yeah, was the I reporter, Guthrie. Um, Zach, who's that reporter? Can you look that up? Guthrie or something? And woman. And she um, she says to this student, well, don't you see how just standing there can be taken as aggressive and offensive? Just standing there, Dave. Just standing there. Dave, you sitting in front of me, I find that offensive. Uh, okay. Savannah Guthrie, there it is. Yeah, who does she work for? What station is that? It's um, ABC. Isn't it's it? ABC. NBC. NBC. Okay. There you go. Um, no Brokaw News is that what the NBC yeah. means, right? Uh, um, in any in any event, uh, you know Tom Brokaw, who was a fighter uh, pilot and um, an astronaut. You didn't know that, Zach. That, that was part of. Uh, you didn't hear that part. You know he was uh, he was flying to the moon. You see, yeah, and uh, then uh, he was. That was uh, over, Brian Williams. Um, what's that? That was Brian Williams. Oh, Brian Williams. What did I say? Tom Brokaw. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Boy, Brokaw. see how dated I am. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Brian Williams. Uh, Tom Brokaw <laughs> hasn't been on the air since since I was like eight, right? Um, and Brian Williams is the one that was riding down the dead bodies in the in the Katrina 
water right, right. well that's it I mean, that's, quarter yeah and then he got but you didn't hear the, the second half of the story that must have cut off that's when he got in the spaceship right and he flew to mars you see right and he and he he's had already a been there and back oh yeah the powwow with some martians and then he came back and then you know what he said he said i made a mistake you made a mistake your mistake was getting caught. What do you that, mean you made a mistake? That is the case in a situation like that. Your mistake right. is your lie sucked. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, I understand. Oh, I, I, you know, I thought it was there. or I heard a loud noise. I thought it was bullets and it was a, a, a party or firecrackers. Okay. No, no. This guy, you know, he, he met with the Kremlin and then he uh, flew over to North Korea and then he uh, went to Saudi Arabia and paved over the sand, you know. I mean, this guy, and he, he flew, by the way, not in a plane. He's Superman. So, you know, he flew by himself. Um, so, yeah, Brian Williams. I'm, I'm sorry, Tom Brokaw. I uh, uh, inadvertently did exactly what uh, Rachel Maddow yeah, did yes, to, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I liked uh, Tom Brokaw well enough. You he was know? all right. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I meant the uh, the host of uh, the NBC News. But it uh, it's, it's funny because it shows you how old I am. I'm thinking back to the old host. There you go. Anyway. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, it's some people call it senility, but if it wasn't, you know, if I didn't get it so young, you'd call it senility. Um, I'm to what I heard the other day. Duck was talking to me, and I, I'm saying, I don't have Alzheimer's. And he looked at me, and he says... Uh, he said something that just happens so often, so I, I've, he had a term for it. It was pretty funny. Well, you know the joke, Dave? You, you recall when there was ma- mad cow disease was in the news? Yes. Right, and so for your listeners to the to extent they forgot, mad cow disease is unfortunately this quite very serious disease where cows lose their minds and they, they die. But if humans eat an infected cow, they have the possibility of contracting the same disease and you lose your mind and you die. But the joke is, after that somewhat heavy I- introduction, is there are two cows that are talking, and one cow says to the other <laughs> cow, hey, have you heard about the mad cow disease? And the second cow says, well, well, of course I have, right? And the first cow says, well, are you worried about getting it? And the second cow says, well, no. And the first cow says, why not? He says, because I'm a cat. <laughs> so, <laughs> Zach, Zach, Zach's rolling his eyes at me. Now, I'm going to say, watch it, buddy. I'll have none of that transgender humor here on this station. I, that, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> he identified as a cat because he oh, was crazy. Oh, it was a, uh, yes. Well, see? you see, he was entering the Cat Olympics, you see. And um, <laughs> when you're in the Cat Olympics, uh, you can be an 800. How much does a cat weigh? Probably 1,000 pounds, yeah, right? Maybe more. Yeah, a 1,000-pound cat. But I'm a cat. <laughs> Thanks. Right? He's, he identifies as I've a cat. I've identified as a cat. I'm go. a cat. All right. Break. Come back, final break for this hour. We got a lot more to talk about. Justin McDaniel is back in the news. Did you know that? I, I, I wish he would stay out of the news. No, did you know he's back in the news? No. Okay, I'm going to tell you why, and it has to do with your school. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Okay, I, I promised you. I got a press release from uh, UA Little Rock. From the William H. Bowen School of Law. That's my school, yeah. Bowen to honor McDaniel, Gazaway, and Edwards. What's the event? The University of Arkansas Little Rock William H. Bowen School of Law will recognize three notable alumni at the law school's 10th anniversary alumni luncheon Monday, October 21st. Hmm. Distinguished alumnus. The Honorable Dustin McDaniel, 
Dustin McDaniel has dedicated his career to law enforcement, public service, and the practice of law. On leaving the Attorney General's office due to term limits in 2015, he founded the Little Rock law firm of McDaniel, Richardson, and Calhoun, PLLC, which has become one of the most prominent bipartisan state attorney general practices in the United States. The Arkansas focus of the firm includes administrative and public policy law, as well as a complex business litigation. 2019, MRC announced its upcoming merger with the Little Rock firms of Wolf & Ward and Benka & Johnson upon completion of their new building adjacent to the state capitol, the new firm of McDaniel, Wolf, and Benka will formally begin in January of 2020. So anyway, they're going to salute this guy, uh, <laughs> McDaniel. Well, and I remember a lot of bad stuff about McDaniel, but they're not mentioning anything here about him at all. Listen, I'm not going to discuss what the school is doing. They can do what they do. But I'll tell you Remember, this, Robert's opinions are his and his alone. Indeed. But I, I'm perfectly happy to talk to you, as I have before, about uh, Dusty McDaniel. Uh, and uh, I, I, Dusty McDaniel's a liar, Dave. Dusty McDaniel, and I'm not talking about when he was uh, having an extramarital affair with uh, a, a um, manslaughter d- defendant. Right, yeah. someone accused of murder. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when my colleague Tom Sullivan got a, ga- a guy out of jail because he was not guilty. Right, they, 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 he was in jail for something like ten years because a corrupt cop who had been fired from the police department uh, for corruption or gotten rid of. You know, I don't know if they fired him or they right. said, you know what, we should just part ways. Um, uh, and people don't seem to even know where he is, by the way. Uh, this corrupt cop arrests this uh, black guy, by the way. And I say that because, you know, all the lefties are big fans of uh, Dusty McDaniel. Uh, and they are concerned, correctly, by the way, uh, whether or not the system is fair uh, to blacks and whites equally. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying correctly that, that the claim is it's not fair, but they're right to ask the question, is it fair to, to blacks as is it in the same fashion that it is to whites? It's a fair question to ask. It's the knee-jerk jump to the next step that I take issue with. But in any event, they ask that, but here is a black guy who had never been convicted of any crime except in high school he got like in a fight or something uh that's it that's it and they threw the guy in jail he was in jail for i believe 10 years it would have been longer for having um drugs i think crack whatever a a relatively small amount but this is not about convicting someone with a small amount of crack Mm -hmm. it's about wrongfully convicting a guy who didn't have crack and throwing him in jail and Tom gets new evidence, or I don't know how they do it, right? You know, it's a new trial or a habeas petition. I don't know what the process is. But he gets the guy to come before a court again. And you know what the prosecutor says? We drop all charges. We drop all charges. So this guy now, never convicted of a drug crime. And he, so Tom goes to the claims commission, right? And says, 
he should be paid for the wrongful incarceration. Absolutely. Right? Now, he wasn't fair. guilty. He wasn't guilty. He was guilty. Well, not, not only was he not guilty, by the way, because the state is allowed. I don't love the idea, but the state's allowed to make a mistake. But they made a mistake with a corrupt cop working for them, meaning they that they, the corrupt right. cop is a representative of the state, and that then they're responsible for it. So he goes to claims commission, and they award him. $400,000 in change, you know, 400-something mm-hmm. thousand dollars. By the way, not a lot of money. Like, I think it was 40 grand a year. Would you go to jail for 40 grand a year? No. Because this guy did hard time for 40 grand. They awarded to him. They awarded to him. But when it's over 15 grand in the claims commission, you got to go over to the legislature to get it approved. And guess who? So Dusty McDaniel shows up and he says, this guy was a drug dealer. And then he also race baits him. And he says, well, and he was calling some white people whitey this or something like that. All of it made up, Dave, made up by Dusty McDaniel. Made up. And this poor guy. And the guy didn't get his money. Didn't get a red cent. Not one penny. And the university of UALR is going to honor him. No comment. All right. Let's take a break. Things you'll hear on this show, you won't hear other places. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We're back after the news. We're ready to continue our final hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show on a a Monday. It doesn't seem possible. We're already in the last hour. And it's thundering outside. So I'm telling you, Mother Nature heard me say I laid the law down earlier. I said, you don't rain between Monday and Friday. Don't you dare rain on Saturday and Sunday. I planted some plants in the garden, and my my friend who I just mentioned to you, my colleague Sullivan, uh, said, you better you better start watering it. Well, there you go. There you go. Somebody else heard him. God's taking care of it. There you go. We got to get Tom on the show. Yeah. Have him come on. I'd yeah. like him to tell that story. Oh, yeah. I'd like to oh, hear yeah. his part of that story. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. And let's do it before October 24th. I think that's going to be the day they're going to supposedly honor Dustin McDaniel. And no comment. One, one other thing i got to say. Did you notice, as I was talking about uh, the former attorney general, let me get to, let me get over that story real quick. By the way, you read release. something from his bio. It would struck me, and I thought about it during the break, where he said, well, he decided after... Uh, being term limited out to go into private practice. Yes. No, he didn't decide anything. He did, he was going to run for governor until he was too busy uh, playing uh, hopscotch with the accused murderer. Yeah, up down in Hot Springs. Hot Springs, and, and right. Let's, let's all understand. AG, Attorney General, stands for Attorney General and almost governor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just said for Dustin McDaniel, ain't no way. That's exactly how I felt about it. All right, so I thought it was interesting as I read this. The Arkansas focus of the firm that he's got uh, includes administrative and public policy law as well as complex business uh, litigation. In 2019, he joined, they merged some other uh, firms, Wolf and Ward and Benka and Johnson, Upon completion of their new building adjacent to the state capitol, the new firm of McDaniel, Wolf, and Benko will formally begin in January 2020. I'm just going to make an aside here, okay? 
Nothing against Dustin or Benka or any of these other I've people. I've got something against The, the reason <laughs> that they're building there, they're hoping to direct public policy in the capital. Well, they're going to lobby. I mean, that's was, yeah, exactly. Just to be clear, in and of itself, trying they're to be, permitted. I'm trying right? to be nice because I don't like to say anybody's going to be a lobbyist because <laughs> I think that's a dirty word it to is, call somebody. Perhaps it is a dirty word, but I think they quite will quite openly admit to being lobbyists. I think they will. I don't know if one has to register to be a state lobbyist, but if they do, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Right. Just saying. Do we really buy that? They say that as Attorney General, he resolved the Lakeview School District case. I don't even know what that case is. I thought that was resolved by the Supreme Court. I don't even know what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Lakeview was, you know, equal equal money for all school districts oh, and all I of see. that. I see. And that and and that's still an arbitrage around the neck mm-hmm. of the legislators, mm-hmm. and they need to make some moves legislatively that will take that off of them. Mm-hmm, Bruce mm-hmm. Westerman came up with a really good idea because he said that the Lakeview case said that everybody had to get the same amount of money, I think, for, you know, the students. Mm-hmm. And now I'm being, look, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking off the top of my head. If, I not, if I'm not getting the specifics mm-hmm. of this exactly sure. right, you know, cut me some slack on it. But that's why he wanted to do uh, the whole thing about uh, letting parents have a voucher mm-hmm. for the amount that the state paid for a student. Mm-hmm. And you could take it to whichever school you wanted to and said that it was uh, would pi- pass constitutional muster because it was equally dispensed through each student. Sure. Makes sense to me. Absolutely. And nobody would give him the time of day on it. The only way we improve schools or anything for that matter is competition so we, we you, need more westerman like of course we do the local uh you know senators and uh, state representatives we need more people like that we need more conservatives dave you yeah, and period. i struggled this last session because we're 75 percent republican but we're not 75 percent conservative right we've talked about the conservatives i, mean, I don't even i I'm going to say we're forty percent conservative. Conservative, maybe, maybe. Look, we uh, and I'm not going to. I'm just going to give a, a taste, right? Because uh, you know I can't give a complete list. But we got Dan Sullivan, we got Kim Hammer, we got Bob Ballinger, we got Jason Rapert. Um, we got who's the, uh, forget her name, the woman who you speak very highly of, Lundstrom. Lundstrom, thank you. I I apologize. Huge, uh, huge, uh, yes, huge fan. Yeah, me of too. Robin Lundstrom. Me too. I just I, I, that's why I apologize for not. I, you know me. I'm not great with the names to begin with. One of the many reasons why I would never be able to run for elected office. Let me just say yeah. this: if anybody's going to be the first woman governor mm-hmm. of Arkansas. Take a long, hard look at Robin Lundstrom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, we're, and I know there's another woman's name that's no, floating know, up right I know, now. I, I understand know, I know, that. I know, I know. But Robin has proved her mettle in the fires. Very, very impressive. When we spoke on the air, she was. we were all on the air together. And you, you might recall, I said to you after, during the break, I said, 
she knows her stuff. Yeah, she does. That's the key, right? She, She's good. I, I don't even remember what the policy was. I don't remember if I agreed. I probably did agree with it. But in any event, my point is, even if I disagreed, that's not the same thing as saying someone knows or doesn't know their stuff, and she knows her stuff. And I think I was in agreement on the policy as well. Uh, but that's very, very impressive, you know. You know, others, you know, out out of Perryville, I'm trying to think of the lady that's and she's going to kill me because this, this is right. I mean, I'm once we one, start down the list, I'm the it's one dangerous who talked forget. her into running her right? office. Right? All right, and she's been great. Well, and yeah. if we're going to expand yes. beyond the legislature, by the way, let's put, just put in uh, the appropriate reference to Tim Griffin, the lieutenant governor, yep. uh, next governor. Yep. I mean, in all seriousness. Oh, what, and by the way, who's the um, Oh, David Ray, right, is now running. Yeah, going to run He's for, running uh, for, for House's old seat. That's right. His so, House is not going to go uh, for re-election. That's right. And so we got th- him. That will further, up. in all seriousness, that will bring us more to uh, con- to the right to conservative. Have with we, David have we Ray. heard who's running uh, for uh, Andy Davis's seat? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't. Because Andy says he's not right. Run. He's not running. So right. I want to know who's. Anybody knows that call eight two three zero nine six five. Eight two three. I heard a name and now it it eludes me because mm-hmm. I hear things from time to time. And there's a guy, as you know, running for um, the seat uh, where I live for the Senate seat. Where no, Bonds old seat. Yeah, Bonds old seat. Old Senate seat. Right. Tucker's uh, running for. He's the Democrat, Democrat, right? Of course. And the, the other gentleman is somehow related to to Missy Irvin. Oh, is that right? Okay, great. Yeah, I met him. Yeah. Over at Repu- uh, State Republican Headquarters mm-hmm, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks back. That's and great. I forget what his name was. Yeah. Seemed to be a really smart cookie. Apparently f- comes from the neighborhood. Literally, yeah, evidently. Like, grew up in the neighborhood. Yeah. I don't think they're, you know, moving people in. To- no, but I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I moved there f- 15 years ago, right? This guy apparently lived there 40 years. Yeah. So it doesn't get it. It's not the only measure, but it's certainly a, a nice uh, attribute to have, right? Yeah. I agree. There's, look, you get uh, Johnson, Mark Johnson out yes. there in uh, uh, Mark. Ma- I'm a big fan of Malvern. Mark. What's I'm just the saying, Mark, there's, there's some the, the Mark um, uh, over in North Little Rock. There's Mark Johnson and Mark something. He was on the show. When oh, we were. Yeah. Okay. Going to have to forgive me on this one as well. I'm just, I'm just going blank because I'm trying to pull things off Zach, the top of my head. It was over at um, when we were at uh, the garage. The guy that Joe's does garage. Yeah, the guy that does uh, does all of the. There's the hunting shows at times and fishing shows as well. Well, we'll think of it. I apologize, yeah, He's Mark. over in North Little Rock. Yeah. He's very good. Very good. And very big two-way guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very big exactly. that. So we really need to shore up the conservative. Stephen ba- Meeks. Stephen. Um, um, so, you know, this is the problem when we start going down a list of names. And, and we, we forget right. somebody That's and right. then somebody says, well, you didn't you, mention you me. You forgot me. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I apologize. But there's there's a lot of them that are there. Right. But then there's a lot that have a lot to be. Well, and and listen, we've talked about it before, but I'll raise it again. Uh, Sullivan is running for state Senate and we know why. Because Sullivan uh, up in Jonesboro, you know, um, and Craighead County. Yeah, and he's going to make that Senate seat more conservative. Yeah, I don't think there's will. any dispute about that, right? It's funny because there were other people that were going to support Sullivan when it was between him and Cooper, and they backed Cooper because Cooper spoke now against uh, expansion. 
Medicaid, Medicaid expansion. Obamacare, in other words. Yeah, you know, Obamacare. And, uh, and uh, Dan had said he wanted to study the issue a little right. bit more before he made a statement. Because he's contemplative. And then he came around and he came against it too. But by right. then, the election happened. Cooper right. was in as state senator. And thank God we got uh, Dan in over in the state house. And uh, now they're going to be but they, pitted just, against each other. Again. Just, yeah, let's make it clear for the audience. What did what did Cooper do after he promised promised to he vote against the, a, He cast a, a, probably the deciding vote for uh, Medicaid expansion in here favor in the state. of Obamacare. In favor, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He uh, he he voted for BB's plan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right. that, so that's, you that, can do the math happened. on that, right? Yeah, and then this last time, he's in the committee where they're deciding on stand your ground. He's going to be the deciding vote, and he voted against it. <laughs> this is, by the way, Dave, a controversial notion. This is a controversial let, let, let your audience understand, and I'm being facetious, right? I'm being sarcastic. What is the controversial notion? That if you're on the street and a bad guy approaches you, that it's your job to run away. Yeah. Now, mind you, I I will concede the remarkable fact that the law only requires you to run if you can. By the way, I don't know what it means to run if you can't run. Right? That's like swimming if you can't swim. I don't know what that means. So it usually ends up with you drowning. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Fly if you can fly. I can't fly. Okay, then don't fly. Right? I I don't get it. But run if you can run. How about this? This is America. This is America. Americans don't run. This is not jingoism. This is, if I'm allowed to be there, and there's no dispute in stand your ground law, if you're not allowed to be there, you're in the wrong. Yep. But if you're allowed to be there, and a bad guy comes up to you and threatens your bodily safety to a significant degree, or your life itself, you don't have to run. That's all it says. That's all it says. Yeah. And these lefties, well, you know, what you're going to do is, uh, they, they had some sheriff. Open bloodshed, bloodshed on the well, streets. Well, that means a guy can go home, get his gun, and come back. By the way, first of all, is it really a problem? Second of all, that does mean that. Meaning, I'm allowed to be on the street where I'm allowed to be, and if I'm allowed to have a firearm, I'm allowed to have a firearm. And it doesn't change because there's some gang member threatening people. Yep. Sorry, we're not the wimps that these leftist administrators want us to be. I'm not waiting around. You know, I'm a big fan of the cops, Dave. And I've spoken actually very highly about the Little Rock police because I've seen them on several occasions do a very good job. I mean that sincerely. Now, what's gone on, what's gone on with this new chief who's in cahoots with the mayor, don't get me started at the moment. But for the line guys, and there's a guy, there's a major, I think it's Franks. I met him, very impressive guy. These are impressive law enforcement people. But Dave, they they can't be there all the time. If something's going... And they admit that. They're the first. I got a buddy I went to, I knew from before I went to college. I know from before I went to college. And he's in law enforcement, federal law enforcement. And he said... Robbie, you got to be prepared. And he said, I'm not telling you what to do or how to do it, but you've got to be prepared because you can't rely on the cops to come and save you all the time. Yep. And I said, 
Well, but isn't that their job? I was being a little facetious, of course, because I understand how it works. But he, but he said, well, of course it's their job. But how many cops are there and how many citizens are there? Do the math. Yeah, pretty you, simple. Right? I mean, they, can't, they, they don't click their ruby-covered heels and appear where you want them to appear. They've got to get the call, show up, and, and, and be there. And that takes time. I agree. All right, we got to get a break yes, in. We're going to come back. It's 521. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad that you're with us today. Glad you're back on Facebook Live with us as well. And if you want to make a call in, you want to talk to us, 501-823-0965. Don't forget about uh, Dwayne Smith and his insurance agency, Allstate Insurance Agency. Uh, their phone number, 501-819-0373. Here's where the rubber hits the road. Can they save you money? Can they give you the kind of coverage you need? And better yet, can you give you the, the top two? Can they give you better cost and better coverage together? Easiest way to find out, call them, 501-819-0373, and ask uh, to when you can come in, sit down with their uh, their workers, with your uh, home policy, your car policy, your your uh, life insurance, your boat insurance, your you know whatever you got insured, bring it with you, and let's compare apples to apples. Think you'll be be very surprised and be very happy with the way things work out. That's uh, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. And by the way, uh, you become a Dwayne Smith customer. Uh, if something happens, you won't have a big hassle getting a hold of the people that can help you. 501-819-0373 or visit them, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you here. Wish that, uh, you know, gosh, I wish I had some better stuff to talk about right now. I sent... I, I, I sent some stuff to Robert that uh, is well worth talking about. Let me talk about something positive first, okay? We've got people in this country that kneel when the Star Spangled Banner is played. And it makes me want to hurl. It, it really does. It makes me want to throw up. And, uh, you know, I'm I allow them to do it because it's their right to do it. Misguided as it might be, ignorant as it might be. Just Why is it you can say ignorant but you can't say stupid? People get upset when you call it stupid, but they don't get upset when you say it's ignorant. Just call it stupid, Dave. Okay, well, it's stupid. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you know, Kaepernick, stupid. I mean, that's just stupid stuff. Wait, and, the, you mean the, the Betsy Ross... Yeah, Betsy, that I put up right. in my studio because of... Yeah, the Betsy Ross flag Kaepernick. is racist because the flag wasn't racist, but there were was racism significant at the time. So the flag must be racist, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's Did they ridiculous. wear ties at the time, Dave? Did they wear <laughs> shoes? I, I better take my shoes off because yeah. shoes existed at that time, That and so they're racist, right? Yeah, must be. That's the way he does it. All right, we're almost at the news. So mm-hmm. Let me just say this right here. And we'll talk about it a little bit more when we come back. Mm-hmm. Police in Hong Kong sprayed tear gas to break up protesters who assembled in the busy shopping district Sunday after demonstrators at the U.S. consulate pleaded. 
pleaded, that's the word, for President Trump to liberate the city of Chinese rule. Protesters set fires, shattered windows, vandalized the metro station, leaving the central district, uh, which consists of banks, jewelry shops, and top brand shopping galleries in devastation, reported by Reuters. At one point during the demonstration, protesters sang the Star Spangled Banner and called on President Trump to liberate the Chinese ruled city. They understand freedom more than Kaepernick does, and he's got it. They don't. All right, back after the news. Kong people. Did you see one of those Hong Kong talking heads just said, the young people who think that they're helping lead a revolution are just imagining. Mm. Look, Sad. Dave, you, before the break, you raised the important issue that the freedom-loving people in Hong Kong are flying the American flag. And yeah, it just you, showed it just right? a moment ago again. They're, That's they're, right. they're walking through the streets with the American flag, uh, posters of Donald Trump asking yeah. Trump to help them, and then, of all things, singing the national anthem in the streets the of Hong Kong. Na- national the, anthem. Yeah, the U.S. Right. national anthem that some people in this country take a knee at saying that that we're the people that are keeping people under our thumbs. Let me give you an analogy, if I may, Dave. My mother, who you and your audience know, passed about a year ago, a little less than a year ago. Um, we, we have family in Israel, and my cousin's children, uh, my mother would buy gifts for my cousin. My cousin's roughly my age, and my, co- my mother would buy... And she's, so I don't know if this is right. I think she's the great aunt of those kids, but okay. it might be like the great, you know, cousin or whatever. But let's just say it's a great aunt of these kids. And she would buy them uh, gifts and communicate with them. And they would send her thank you cards and they would send her, they sent her a birthday card. I remember in particular, we hung it up and it, it said, uh, happy, um, happy birthday, great aunt, uh, Edna, Edna was my mother's name. And it had a picture much like your office, Dave of the Israeli flag. The, the kids are, of course, Israeli. Mm-hmm. And the American flag. The kids drew it out. Cool. The kids drew out the American... First of all, they knew what the American flag looked like. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So here's my question to you, Dave. Any of the countries surrounding Israel, any of them, do you think that the kids know what the American flag looks like? And do you think they're drawing it out and sending it to uh, American relatives? No, I think that they probably know what it looks like, but they from kn- from burning they, it. Yeah, from burning it, they know that it's the just like Kaepernick knows it's the flag of the great Satan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why if I go back to what we were discussing earlier about Beto and Bernie and the, and the Dems in it general, uh, these people don't understand who our friends are and who our enemies are. No. Nope. And when the people of a foreign country um, uh, crap on you, well, then they're not your friends. And when the people of a foreign country love you and respect you, they are your friends. And guess what you do when someone loves and respects you? You love them and you respect them back. You don't blackmail them. That's what Beto and Let's blackmail Israel. That's what it means when they say, how can we leverage? Leverage. Leverage is a word for blackmail. Mm. How we can, how we can, yeah. 
force somebody to do something they probably don't want exactly. to do. Exactly. And they're your friend. Like give the Golan Heights up. Yeah, give it up. Give it up. Watch it. I, I was saying to Dave off air, there's a Netflix show called The Spy. and it's a, I've got to watch it. Oh, it's it a looks, great show. It looks good. Right. And in the story, by the way, they discuss how Syria tried to shut off the water supply to um, the to Israeli to Israel to Lake Tiberias, which is what's the biblical name? The Sea of Galilee. Yes, the Sea of Galilee, because that's the the aquifer, at least was then. It may still be. I don't know um, for all of Israel, and Syria tried to shut the whole thing off. They, but let's be clear: Syria's enemy of Israel. Mm-hmm. That we expect. They are trying to leverage water to crush Israel. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. But do do your friends do that, Dave? No. Do do, do your friends come over your house and blackmail you? And they don't try to leverage you out. No, they just don't do that. All right. So, uh, reported over the weekend, Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are clipping on former Vice President Joe Biden's heels as they all vie for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. Biden is clinging clinging to a lead in Iowa, while Sanders is leading the pack in Nevada, with Warren ahead in New Hampshire. This is all according to new CBS polls. With crucial early states showing much closer margins, there's no clear forerunner now as the Democratic primary heads into the fall of 2019. The poll is not kind to Senator Harris. California Democrat is polling in the single digits in New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina, and Nevada, all of which become important states as the election season heats up. Harris's poll numbers have consistently dropped. She saw her support more than double from 8 to 17%. In uh, June 2830 CNN poll following the Democratic primary debates in Miami, but a a Quinnipiac University poll published in August shows Harris's numbers plummeted to 7% now. Warren, who is etching out a progressive message in comparison to Biden's moderate position, is rising. CBS numbers aim to capture the mood of voters in the earliest states while other national polls are focusing on states that won't vote until late spring. Warren has benefited most as supporters slowly move away from Harris. According to the poll, 29% of people who were backing Harris in July have switched to Warren. Biden picked up 15% of former Harris backers. Warren apparently has an enthusiasm edge over Biden. Well, what big surprise. She's, uh, she's got a consciousness edge yeah. over Biden. Yeah, the poll also finds uh, more Democrats enthusiastically support Warren where she to become the nominee than say that about either Sanders or Biden. Democrats whose first choice is not one of the top three contenders are more enthusiastic about Warren than they are about Biden or Sanders. Not looking all that positive for Biden. No. He's losing steam. He's, and that's why he suddenly agrees with a Green New Deal and things of that nature. Whatever he needs to. Yeah. To try to Did get, you see the controversy uh-huh. regarding Harris? Some audience member 
Oh yeah, right. yeah. Calling the president retarded. Yeah, called called him retarded, and it's an it's an inappropriate use of the word. And we, you know, language evolves, and we we shouldn't be using that term that way. And she agreed. She not, she agreed with the audience member using the term to describe the president, and then she got caught. And they said, "Well, you know, we don't we don't use that word that way anymore." And she said, "Oh, I didn't hear it. That's a lie, Dave." Now. Well, of I'm, course it is. The, lady, the guy said it in a question to her. And she answered. She yes. said, I agree. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give her a little bit of slack. I think she's a lousy candidate and she would be awful for this country. Don't get me wrong. But you know what? As the language evolves and someone kind of uses this off-color remark and you agree, you, you know what she should have said? Instead of lying to the American public, which she's very good at, she should have said, you know – I, I should have paid closer attention to the language that was that was inappropriate language. I'm uh, I'm not a fan, and she could even go more strongly. This is her speaking uh, of the president, but we shouldn't be using that terminology. And I, I I didn't pay close enough attention, and that's my mistake. That's all she had to say. That's all. By the way, when if you watch the mainstream media, right? If if Trump makes one misstatement, they're all over it. Now there was some media that covered this, but. They interviewed her, and they, I heard one uh, interviewer say, oh, did you hear it? Oh, I didn't hear it. Would you like to – hey, press, would you like to script the answers for Harris? She doesn't even need to show up. You can write both sides of the interview if you want. That's what's amazing. They're bend over, bend over backwards to give her an out. Oh, I, yeah. And I'm not trying to – you know what? I would not – uh, crucify her on this. I would say, eh, you know what? She used the wrong term. It's inappropriate. She shouldn't use that term, and she shouldn't lie about it. That's where I would come down on her about the lying. But the fact that she used it, I would say, okay, you know what? Apologize. Move on. But she's she lied about it instead. All right. Now, I did something that drives me crazy. Okay, but I did it today. At the end of last hour, I told everybody Hillary Clinton was back in the news. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then I and I said I'll talk about it when we come back. Right. Well and you didn't talk about and it. And I didn't talk well, we're, about we're it. We're getting but there. Now we're I'm getting there. there. I'm I'm there now. Wait okay? for it. But we'll do it after this break. Nice. I got, nice teaser. <laughs> I got, there you go. I gotta get a break in. We got one final break and then when we come back, what is Senator Warren and former Senator and First Lady Hillary and Clinton, Secretary of State and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and and presidential candidate mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton up to. You're going to want to hear this when I come back. Don't forget about that. Uh, if you have type two diabetes, uh, you need to be paying attention to my good friends over at Applied Research Center of Arkansas. Uh, you know as what as I do. Type 2 diabetes is a lot to take on. It can cause problems. I burned my feet on Memorial Day on my deck. Second degree burns. Second degree burns on my deck. And I went and saw the doctor about it today because I'm a type 2 diabetic. And I, the last thing I want is I have problems. And I wanted to make sure things were all right. And Dr. Abrams said, you're going to be fine. Come back Wednesday. I want to make sure that that right foot is healing up as well as the left foot. So I'll be back to see her uh, about that. If you suffer from type 2 diabetes and you're only on metformin, you may qualify for a new study that participants receive study-related care at no cost and compensation for time and travel. Uh, if you have an A1C of 8 or above, 
then you need to give them a call about this. 501-954-7822 or go on the lo- online. Uh, ARCArkansas.com. ARCArkansas.com. So if you're 18 or over on Metformin and A1C8 or above, you might be uh, able to get on the, on this study. If you're type 2 diabetic, anything that can possibly help is worth looking into. That is from our good friends at Applied Research Center of Arkansas, ARCArkansas.com. All right, so what's Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and uh, Hillary Clinton up to? Well, Hillary Clinton put out feelers to all the Democratic candidates that she was, you know, as the great potentate because she ran in twenty desperate is that the word you yeah. mean? desperate <laughs> in twenty sixteen hmm? and, like and got yeah, beat. Yeah, smells she's, like desperation. She's wanting to talk to him. Nobody took her up on it except one person. Mm-hmm. Guess who? Well, didn't you just tell us? Was yeah, it Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. Yeah, yeah. All right. Not only that, everybody had known that Elizabeth Warren had had one discussion. Evidently, she's had multiple discussions now, and according to a story by NBC, that they have talked so much recently that the interactions, quote, was front of mind for their source. The New York Times reported back in August that Warren was making inroads with Democratic insiders actively courting high-powered politicals within the Democratic sphere in order to solidify support for a potential 2020 candidacy among key decision-makers, especially DNC power players who could make life much easier for her behind the scenes during what? The nomination process. Take you back for about three years now. What? Were they always talking about superdelegates and all that stuff right, for Hillary right, Clinton? Right, right. She was working behind the scenes, and even the Sanders voters still have a bad taste in their mouth that things were or were taken That's right. from Sanders. Warren has been hitting the campaign trail for Democrats competing in the House, Senate, and state-level races in the hopes that winners will turn around and support her at the 2020 Democratic National Convention inches closer and the Democratic field narrows. Mm-hmm. Folks, part of the swamp. You know, it's even... Well, here's what's so interesting. You have a candidate, Hillary, that is, who is so renowned for being a manipulator. And what does Warren say? Well, I need to do some manipulations. So yeah. I better bring in a manipulator. That's what she's doing. I better, so... She's you know going to try to pull a Hillary Clinton. I, I think it would be more difficult only because, if I'm not mistaken, haven't they done they away with the, the superdelegates and all that? I don't know. I know they changed it. So they may have done away with it. I don't know. But I know they changed it because there was a lot of criticism about that, needless to And say. rightly so. Of course. You could have over half of the delegates' votes before you Locked ever showed up, up at the convention. That's right. That's and right. Hillary did. That's right. That's exactly right. All of that, that tells me is that Hillary was smart enough to know what she needed to do to get nominated. Well, Not indeed, what to do to get elected, but what to do to get 
nominated. But because that's about political machination. And indeed, that's what Warren is contacting her for. Not democratic advice and democratic mm-hmm. with a little d, but for political machination advice. It said that she called her to ask her specifically how to beat the other 2020 Democratic Contenders. Well, well, because that's what Hillary was successful at. She wasn't successful at winning the general. No. So uh, Warren was right in that regard, but it's a little bit swampy, right? It's a little bit slimy. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. So for all of you who let go of Harris and took your support over to Warren, interesting. <laughs> Dave, this is your audience. What do you mean all of you? You mean the one? The, yeah, the, the, the one that's the one listening, listening to the show right, right. now. <laughs> the conservatives listen to this show. Not a bunch of lefties. That's your your right. right. Please. Well, if if you're if you're a lefty and you're listening, just know what Elizabeth Warren is. If up you're a to. lefty and you're listening, please call in. Please. And please get some common sense and well, be, that's why I become to call a conservative. And say, Screw your head on. We've turned people on this show. Of course you have. And we can still turn some more. We sure would like to do that. But yeah, I just thought that was a very interesting. It's very interesting. Story because it's like you said, she's not calling Clinton to help her win the presidency. No. She's calling Clinton to win the nomination right. from the other Democrats. Right. How do I play this inside baseball, inside the Democratic primary game? And Hillary knows it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. You Her can't and Bill dispute that. Right? Probably may be the best that I've ever they seen. They may at playing have written the rules game. for all I know. Yeah. Just the way it is. That's how right. it works. All right. What do you got coming up the rest of the week besides teaching a, a bunch of empty heads? Oh, yeah. Let me share with you. On Wednesday <laughs> in uh, Hot Springs, I'm going to be appearing. Are you? Yes. Hold on. Let me get you that info. In your, your audience, of yeah. course. Um, Transparency and Government Group of Garland County. Uh, And we're going to be talking about the FOIA. And where is that meeting? That meeting is, bear with me, folks. I apologize. Uh, That is at the Wingate Center of Art Design. Uh, No, that's that's here local. That's a different meeting. Sorry. Now, all I got is Hot Springs. Do I have the location? I don't know where the location is. Uh, But somewhere in Hot Springs. Send it to me so I can tell everybody. Okay. I will do that. If you're down in the Garland County area, you're yeah. going to want to go here, yeah. Mr. Seinbach, because if there's anybody you want to hear talk about FOIA, it's this guy right here. Well, I, he wrote the book on it. Uh, literally, though, right? That's the yeah, funny part. Yeah, I was being, not just being aside. I mean, seriously. Right. right. So, um, here, let's see. I think I may have it here. Um, it's September 11th, right, which is Wednesday, 6 p.m., Hot Springs, uh, at Arkansas School for Math and Science and the Arts. Oh, okay. Board meeting room 200 Whittington Avenue. Yeah, just be sure you don't get infected by the liberals at the school. <laughs> well, I've been able to, to uh, hold Yeah, you've off been able disease. to hang over in Bowen and not have any problem with there it. There you go. Keep it up, bro. There Thanks for coming on. Thank you. It's always God a bless. pleasure. Uh, back tomorrow, 2 o'clock. We got the power panel on. And we're getting questions in for the Bible guys. You got a question for the Bible guys at 5 o'clock? Send it to BibleGuys at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. And the ones we've gotten have been really good. You're going to be interested in hearing what people have to say tomorrow. I'll see you too.
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.